Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Keel Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Alex Keel. Alongside me, the inside of the insiders, <gasps> Tyler Keel. Yes, everybody, today is Thursday. I shall make it perfectly clear that we had previously scheduled for our usual Tuesday episode, but something came up. Well, two things came up. Well, for your, you know what, we well, won't get into it. For well, the sake of the show, we will not get into it. Yeah. For the sanctity of this program that you are listening to now. At least we got pizza out of it. There was pizza involved. There was but pizza. we're here today, which Not means the right pizza. You got free pizza. I don't know what you're complaining about. You're welcome. It's you 2018. Me- I'm allowed to complain about anything I want. <laughs> you owe me 10 bucks. But what? No, I don't. But with it being a week and a half... Or a little over a week, we have a lot more to talk about. We have ourselves a stacked show today. You're welcome. Uh, well, it's not real. I mean, sort of a no. I mean, well, it helped that uh, the uh, Hall of Fame happened this week. But it's before still- we get too far into that, this episode is brought to you by our good friends at Seat Giant. SeatGiant.com and .ca. If you want 3% off your American orders at SeatGiant.com, by all means. And if you want 5% off on your Canadian orders at SeatGiant.ca, by all means. Seat Giant, the best seats at the best prices. Using the promo code TKP. Which that is, is promo funny. code TKP. It's the acronym for the Kill Podcast. No. <laughs> Explosion Mind of the brain. Blow. Mind blown. As you can tell, folks, uh, it's pretty late here. Actually, you know, it's kind of nice. We're recording this race before 7 o'clock, but the Leafs are on the West Coast, so uh, we'll actually get this show done before the game starts. Yeah. So we won't be, I, will How not about be, that? I will not be distracted today. How about that? Is there any hot games on tonight? We can turn a game on, can we? Catch me outside. How about that? I will catch you outside, and I will... And I don't know. I thought yeah, it's... Yeah, just, you just pumped the brakes right there. It's been a long day, children. What? It's only 6.59 or 6.54. You can't even tell. See how it's been a long day for you. You don't even know what time it is. <laughs> I'm legally blind. <laughs> I'm legally blind, man. But speaking of which, speaking of long days, I'm sure Monday was a little bit long for some. However, a glorious day indeed. Maybe not a long day, just a, a, fill, a full day. A very full day, yes, for the folks down in Toronto on Front and Young Street. Uh, the corner there is the Hall of Fame class of 2018 was inducted. A lot of great talent, a lot of great people being involved. Um, you could say some good, some good, 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 good people. Good players. Good well, players. For, former good players. Former good players and uh, Gary Bettman. Um, Alex, good pro. Good pro. <laughs> and Gary Bettman. Who is a good pro? Uh, He's a professional at what he does. Gary Bettman, he was, he, was, he was inducted as a builder of the game. He paid millions of dollars. He was, Not billions, he gets millions. But he, yeah, Gary Bettman was one of them that was inducted. And if you guys want to know how we feel about him, go back a few weeks ago where we did our Angry August. I think that was our third Angry August. Yeah. Yeah, Angry August number three. And, um... Well, it's it's mainly how you feel about him, but... You defended him for almost no good reason. I defended him because he's doing... We're not getting into it. We'll post a link down below. He's done more for this game than Wayne Gretzky ever could. (laughs) Oh, we're not getting into that. We're not getting into that debate. (laughs) Who did it better, Bettman it's, or Gretzky? I understand if all, Gretzky was not a superstar, it went to Los Angeles before Bettman was ever on, by the way. Don't forget John Ziegler, who recently passed away, rest in peace. Uh, he, it was if Gretzky had not gone, there would have been no San Jose Sharks, and there would no have been, been any movement for the loss for the Tampa Bay Lightning, nor the fact of, or nor any possible Florida or any other Sun Belt teams. 
You would never seen Dallas because then there would have been no interest in the game in the South if it had not been for Wayne Gretzky. Okay. I don't. I wouldn't go wrong. as far as saying Florida because it'd be on the East Coast. But that's a Sun Belt team. I'm saying like hockey in non-traditional hockey markets. Okay, but here's the thing though. Did, did Wayne Gretzky, did, went did to Wayne Gretzky keep teams from being bankrupt and getting them out of bankruptcy? That's the dumb board of governors. That's that's the no. Dumb. Those were owners. That's the league being dumb, saying we like the vacation going down to airs down to Phoenix or Glendale for a couple of days. And then Gary Bettman saved him and saved the league. And now the league. Gary Bettman didn't save him. It was a bunch of other people. But long story short, he oh, was one of many people that were inducted. He deserved to be in there. Yep. All I'm saying. Okay. Alexander Yakushev, former Soviet Union player, won two gold medals in 72 and 76. He was inducted in the international wing of the Hall of Fame. Good for him. I'm glad. You see that quite a bit. You see a lot of uh, the Soviet Union's finally getting their due. Soviet Union players Ooh, yeah. getting their due. Um, Jaina Hefford, another one, uh, former uh, Canadian women's hockey player, super, uh, one of the old superstars. She won five medals, four of them gold. She was... So she, that means she took place from everyone except for this past one, so through 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Bettman. Oh, I was about to say current uh, CWHL commissioner, Jane Hefford. Oh. Interim commissioner. Um, of course, talk about Bettman. And, of course, Willie O'Ree finally getting inducted. That took too long, if you ask me. That man deserved to be inducted yesterday, 20 years ago yesterday. <laughs> like... I mean, for don't don't forget, like people say, oh, hockey's such a different sport from other American sports. That's true, but when he came into the league, there was still some pretty, pretty um, tough racial tensions, even in even in the even in the northern states where you know it seemed everyone's like, oh, it's more much more well, lenient. And, 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 well, in regards to hockey, it didn't matter how far north you went because a lot of the teams were in the north. I mean, I think the biggest part is when you go to a place like. Montreal, where especially the at the the time that O'Ree played. Well, don't forget he played in Quebec in the minors. That was where Boston's farm team was. Yeah, exactly. He so he, I, he definitely got a so he but he was rough he time there. But fought through it and he's <clears throat> and he's and over since his career has used it as a platform to grow the game in the uh, inner cities and the less exactly. Uh, and I think he you like know, think said, think of it this way: if you don't have a player like O'Ree, you don't have the Subban brothers. You don't, you don't have the Subban brothers. You don't, you don't have, have Wayne, Wayne Simmons. Simmons. You don't have uh, oh, what's his name? Well, Anson Carter, Mike Greer. You don't have guys like those. You don't have uh, Donnie Brashear, George Larocque. Yep, you don't have guys. You don't like have that. Ray Emery. You don't have Ray Emery. I mean, and like just the way that, like there, it wouldn't be as diverse. And um, oh gosh, who's the guy that plays for Buffalo? I can't think of his name. He's a centerman, the, the really good center, Rodriguez. Yeah, and have guys like him, like, and it's so great to see that the game is. Or Josh Hosang, Josh Hosang, another guy. There we go. So it's really great to see, and it's great to see him finally deserving what he's deserved for a long time. And speaking of well deserving, Martin Saint Louis, good for him. I think this was wasn't this his first or second no. year of eligibility. Oh, uh, I think it was his first year because he I think he is retired after twenty fifteen. Yeah. Because he went to the finals. First ballot Hall of Famer, Marty St. Louis. Hey, are you shocked? <laughs> I mean, I'm not shocked. I mean, he, and it was kind of cool how Tampa. We all know, we always knew that he was going to be into the, inducted into the Hall of Fame eventually. Right. So it was a matter of when. So I'm glad he's a first ballot. Um, it was kind of cool how all the Tampa Bay players stopped by and said hi to him. Well, yeah. Well, no, like, they, like the team, they came, they went to Toronto and they were actually there and met him in Toronto, which was really cool. Well, I mean, 
it, think of it this way. It's it's the same kind of way that if Tampa didn't have a player like Marty St. Louis or Vincent LeCavier right. or Steven Stamkos, well, uh, you St- don't have a team because you don't have a franchise. They they these were Marty St. Louis was was he was Steven Stamkos before Steven Stamkos could skate, basically. In regards to Tampa Bay. I'm trying to think. I'm like, I'm because, not thinking of Stamkos' age. I'm like, well, it's not necessarily true. But St. St. Louis, what, he was the dynasty. He was the guy. He, well, he was part of that team when they were in the good years and the bad years. Exactly. Because then they got bad enough for the He was on the front Stamkos. of a freaking hockey game. You're right. Yes, Panic until 2K5, where he could spear and slash everybody. No. And he was on. It was, wasn't he also on he the. He was the MVP, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yeah. Um, he was by far, probably, if it hadn't been for LeCavier, well, LeCavier was there too, and LeCavier was at his peak at that time, but St. Well, Louis... let's be honest here. St. Louis, well, I, at that time, LeCavier, I think, was almost as good as St. Louis, but St. Louis was able to do it longer than LeCavier, yeah. as we saw. and Even past his time at Tampa. Correct, and that's when he went to New York, and he had that series against Montreal, that magical series, and able to fight through the passing of his mother and all that. And just the way he was able to persevere, it just shows what kind of player he was. And I'm glad he was honored in the Hall of Fame. And he was he was a player that you watched and you'd see on the ice and you'd think, well, this guy's not going to do much. But then all of a sudden, oh, he's got three points against us because he, he's a great playmaker. He could score. Biggest little guy in the league. Calgary will never forgive him ever. <laughs> of course, Calgary probably wants video review to be Wanted to be better at that point, but that's neither here nor there. We'll get to Calgary in just a minute here. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad. Who else we got, got here? We got we got the a couple on- honorees. Um, Joe Joe Bowen Bonesy <clears throat> getting the inducted in the Foster. Don't here. call him Bonesy. I'm gonna call. Hey, it's on his Twitter. You call yourself Bonesy tweets. Bonesy. I, uh, I'll ask Jim if I can call him that. Um, I'll text Jim. Mister Bowen. Mr. Bowen receives the Foster Hoop Memorial Award for broadcasting. Um, he's inducted the Hall of Fame there. I'm well deserved, of course. You know, he's called over three thousand hockey hockey games. Been there for the ups and downs, the sideways for the Leafs, and and you know what? I still love his quote when he's. In, I'll say it, and I'll say it again. Probably my favorite quote from Joe Bowen ever is when he was asked, "What's your favorite call you've ever made?" And he just looks and says, "I haven't made it yet." I hope he makes it soon, I'll be honest with you. Maybe the call is going to be him retiring. Maybe he's sick and tired of this sport. He's, <laughs> he's a bitter old man. He's, I'm tired he's of this. So- I'm calling it. My favorite call, it's now. <laughs> no, he's, he's such a he's such a nice guy, too. That's the best part is, like, he's one of the, like, there are some broadcasters out there. and I've, Here's the thing, though. He, literally, think about it. Joe Bone. If he could grow a beard, he'd be Santa Claus. Great, great career. Absolutely, he, he could do this till the day he died he if he a wanted Leafs to. Fan calling Leafs games, he it's literally beautiful. You want to know why he's such a good guy? Because he has his dream job. He just gets to sit there and talk about hockey, talk about call, his team. Exactly. How many broadcasters that are in the NHL? Remember today, that one call. Remember that one call that he made in the playoffs last year, and it was like. Leafs win! We're going to Toronto, baby! Boston or whatever, yeah, before Game 7. Yeah. We're going to Boston, yeah. Well, or, or, Yeah, we're going to Boston. Baby. I remember when he, almost, when he was during, it was the 04 playoffs, the, was it 04 or 02? No, it was 
oh gosh, I can't think it was Eddie Belfour's. No, it was O2, I think. Well, the Bless You Boys, what a game. Bless and, and, You Boys. And he was like, cr- and he was crying because it's his team. Exactly. <laughs> He's calling for his team. I'm so glad he got in. It's if, uh, it was only a matter of time. And of course, our broadcaster's getting in. It's kind of weird. It's kind of like, all right, who do we want to honor this year? Well, who do we honor last year? Who have we not honored yet? Well, Bowen's been doing this for how many years, guys? We yeah, should probably well. give him the call on this one. Yeah, might as well. Should try. To, I, I've I've been trying to get Joe on forever. I just can't find him. He's not, he's not coming on here. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh, that'd be great. Um, Larry Brooks, Brooksy, <clears throat> receiving the Elmer Ferguson Award for hockey journalism, getting inducted in that wing of the Hall of Fame. <laughs> the Elmer Fudd Award. The Elmer Ferguson Award. <laughs> Brooksy getting his due. Oh my god. Good for him. Brooksy. Name's not Brooksy. <laughs> Bruxy. Um gosh, he'd worked forever. He's uh, mainly in the New York area, the tri-state area, so that's that's kind of good. I'm I'm glad he got in there. I mean, taking Tortorella flack for how many years? I mean, shoot. If anything, you should give that man a raise. Man in the Hall of Fame. So, good for him as well. And one of the last players inducted, of course, first ballot Hall of Famer as well. Uh we, met, we didn't talk about him yet, but we will now. Martin Brodeur. The other, the former St. Louis Blue standout. Oh, yeah, I said it. I said it. You just had to go there. Oh, yes, I did. Okay, to be fair, I also agree with you. That was I, the stupidest move. Well, here's the thing because he wasn't going to get re signed by New Jersey, and he wa- and he was actually, you know what? You know how many wins he has? 691. He was nine wins away from 700. You know how much that kind of like, you here's see, a, here's you a, see a, that number, like, he could have done that. But here's the thing as well, though. Since he didn't get to 700, he had one win too many. <laughs> 690. 690 wins. Nice. That would have been nice. Um, yeah, he only went, th- I think he went three and three or whatever that year. Um, and I'm glad he made it. So now he joins another French-Canadian goaltender, Patrick Waugh in the Hall of Fame. Now, Are we I- doing this right now? Yes, we are. Oh, we're doing this. All right. Statisticians. Pull out the chalkboards, boys. Time to get down to business. Are you trying to go for Manitowoc Minute or trying to go for Brian Five or Six? <laughs> Which one were you going for there? Uh, it was halfway in the middle. I'm going for the Yippie Kai Yay Youper. Halfway in between. Mar- Marquette Zone. Marquette. <laughs> Welcome to the Marquette Mile. No? no? Okay, I tried. Um, so, Bruder, okay, if you look at the stats between those two. They're two of the best goaltenders of all time. Martin Berdur, in every single aspect, is better than Patrick Wall, except Patrick Wall has more playoff wins, if I'm not mistaken. Marty Berdur has over 100, actually, excuse me, exactly 140 more wins, has a few more losses, he played longer though, and a few more, I guess, tie slash shootout losses, we'll say that, or overtime losses, we'll count them as both, right? Um, his winning percentage, Berdur, 54.6%. To Waugh's 53.5%. Berdur's goals against average, 2.24 to Patrick Waugh's 2.54. Berdur's save percentage is 9.12 to Waugh's career average of 9.10. Now let's be granted here, Patrick Waugh had played in the late 80s, early 90s when scoring was kind of at its peak, and then Marty Berdur played in the years of the real thick hook-and-grab era in the 1-3-1 playing for New Jersey. Now, with that all said, Patrick Waugh's a better goalie. Hot take! Well, it's not a hot take at all. It just look, okay. First of all, you can go to the easy aspect of looking at 2001. Patrick <laughs> Waugh 
Now, and everyone's going to be like, well, Scott Niedermeyer was not there because he was knocked out by Ty Domi. Well, that's, okay. Scott Niedermeyer was not going to win him that series. Patrick Waugh won that series. Yeah. And it was, and the fa- only reason why, because, I mean, Joe Sackick had a wonderful playoff. That's the only reason why he won the Smythe over Patrick Waugh. Patrick Waugh could have won four Smythe trophies. Can we just see that fact that that could have happened if it had not been for Joe Sackick having a good year? And don't forget, that Colorado team was without Peter Forsberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, who had, oh gosh, what was it? Uh, oh, it's, uh, it was like a spleen taken out? I don't know. It was something like that. But if if you look over the years, how many times Patrick Waugh took a team and just stood on his head and played better every His best season, Alex, 2001-2002, the year before he retired, was his best overall season by on record. And he st- and that was the year, of course, that was the year they lost to Detroit in seven games. But he was always just seemed better. Marty, don't get me wrong, Marty's a great goaltender. But if you're only getting 13 shots a game, 15 shots a game, yeah, you know what? You're gonna look pretty good sometimes. You're not getting peppered. You're not gonna get you're not getting peppered, salt and peppered. You're not getting the seat. You're well, not- okay. Don't forget that that was like the Kenny Dryden treatment. Here here's here's Kenny Dryden had the same thing. Here's the same situation though. Let's let's go to since both these guys are francophones. Jacques Plant? No. <laughs> Sorry. Patrick Waugh is a Montreal bagel. He's got all the seasoning on there. Earthen. Montreal steak, you mean? Sure. You said bagel. Well no, the bagels that they got all the stuff on it. The everything bagels? Yeah. It's not a Montreal bagel, it's an everything bagel. It's a Montreal bagel. They have like one of the oldest bagel factories or whatever in Montreal. And okay, it's, that's keep, what they keep moving. Mark Tanberger is like a bagel with salt on top of it. <laughs> it's pretty good tasting, but uh, it's not like the other one. No, I mean. Doesn't got all the season. And that and, and it's funny because like everyone can just point at Game Center 2001 and say, who would you rather have a net? Well, yes, Patrick Waugh outplayed Marty Berdur. But Patrick Waugh could have, if, if Patrick Waugh had played the exact same years, and don't forget, Marty played how many more years longer than Patrick Waugh did? Patrick Waugh played 13 You're asking seasons. the wrong dude. He played 13, I think he played, uh, so 85, 86. Uh, yeah, so it'd be 17 seasons. 617 years. Nonetheless, he played less than Marty Berdur. Now, if he had played as many years as Marty did, and for the time period it was, Patrick Waugh may have hit 700 wins. And don't forget, like I said, he, Marty Berdur played behind the Jacques Lemaire 131, hook and grab, hold everything, Kenny Danico, New Jersey Devils. Patrick Waugh played on a Montreal Canadian team his first few years that, by golly, if they couldn't play defense, I don't know what the heck they were. All I'm saying Wide is, open, just hope for the best, and Lemieux, go score a goal for us every so often. All I'm saying is this. If they have a Bridgestone Winter Classic and it's New Jersey versus Colorado, you know who I'm picking to win that alumni game. And it's Patrick Waugh. Because Patrick Waugh, he's going to break Patrick, out those coho pads, Patrick and Wah, he's going to go to town. Patrick Waugh was the probably the best. Like, that game, the Detroit Claw, right? Don't forget, he almost backed up one game. Remember, what was the one time when... Uh, when Varlama was out and Pickard got hurt, I forgot who they. He thought about it. Well, yeah, because Pickard was you no know, Pickard was sick, and he almost put it, almost backed up and like I would have. St- hey, you're the coach. Start yourself. Go for it. Your team. I think they were bad that year too. I'm like, just go for it. I, I mean, mean, might as well. It was like, I would trust Patrick Waugh more t- than I would Louis Domingue. 
did I remember to bring my pads? Are they in the car? I I can't hear. Are they the co-hosts? I can't Yeah, the 12 the 12 foot wide coho pads. The uh, you know, the pretty those overly illegal ones, but gosh, he's it's so weird like and it's it kind of, it's kind of a bummer, you know. I mean, and he kind of lost control of that team pretty quickly. Um in Colorado. Well, I mean, he worked his way up there at least. No, he exactly. He did, and he earned it, and he did really, that first year went really well, and then it looked like he may have just gotten to the team. <clears throat> um, but long story short, Marty, he well deserved to get in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely, it's it's like it's like how Mark uh, people say Wayne Gretzky is better than Mario Lemieux. He is. Who would you, Wayne Gretzky better than Mario Lemieux? Yep. We'll have this talk later. This is this isn't a talk for later. This is just I'm gonna say this right now. As a person that has watched hockey all my life, Mario Lemieux has Mario Lemieux so much better. Is good. Mario Mario Lemieux is magnificent. Mario the magnificent. You mean Super Mario? Super Mario the magnificent. Mario the magnificent. Super Mario does not matter who he is. Guess what? That puck is gonna go in the net. Here's what I'll say. Wayne Gretzky's better. And you know who's better than Wayne Gretzky? Bob York. Gordy Howe. Uh, uh, Rink of dreams, boys. Gordy Howe is better than Wayne Gretzky, going, who is better than we, Mario Lemieux. For next offseason, folks, we're going to have ourselves a who's better than what people think. And you and I are going to have a... Du- we're we're gonna just going to compare decades. We're just going to drop the gloves and we're going to fight over this. You're just not going to hear us talking. It's going to be me punching you with saying, or is better. No, Gretzky's better. And it's going to be uppercut and a punch. And then I'm like, Lemieux is better as goal scorer. And he's like, no, he's not. And I'm going to start feeding him top. And you can't stuff. compare Wayne Gretzky and Bobby Orr. You can't compare Gordy Howe and Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, I can. They were both forwards. Oh, so, yes. Bobby Orr could Bobby Orr could do everything. They were both forwards he and they didn't shots. take draws. He played defense. He scored goals. For goodness sakes, he could have coached if he wanted to. He's a solid agent, a great agent. And he's got a premonition of the lockout coming on even though everyone else knows that too but i'm just saying bob york can do everything wayne gretzky couldn't coach wayne gretzky couldn't play defense oh we played on the penalty kill that goal against calgary yeah it was at the damn red line so so you're telling me that wayne gretzky is is a one-way player yes he's a one-trick pony yes you know who's not a one-trick pony who gary batman there we go Gary Bettman's Get out more for this league. Get out of here. Nope, I want to. Get out of here. No, I want to. Get out of here. He did more for this league than I did. No, he did not. Gary Bettman. Get Batman out of here. Done, Big on. He's a great. Big on, Satan. Hello, Shamu. Oh, did you, hear, did you hear that in his acceptance speech about how the, how the fact that he, like, roasted himself, basically? It's clearly not a popularity contest. Exactly. Well, no doubt, because you wouldn't be allowed in. They boo me when I present the Stanley Cup. They boo me at the draft. But it's okay. <laughs> I want see Philly. At was, least he accepts see, it now. Philly was amazing. That was awesome. Okay, Philadelphia is different. That was the coolest thing I've ever seen. The fa- him just getting booed the entire way through the first round pick. The fact I don't remember who was picked that year. Here's the thing: the fact that Philadelphia has accepted Gritty and like people getting tattoos of him, and he's a he's a thing, and he hasn't died yet or been killed or attempted murder. In Philadelphia, it's a surprise. It's a surprise. No, it's because they love him. He's so. It's exactly Philadelphia is a place where 
Santa either, gets snowballs thrown at him. <laughs> Santa gets booed. Santa either, gets booed. Either it's zero or a hundred. All of it or none of it. And everyone loves Gritty. I love Gritty, dude. Well, you didn't know about the Twitter page until I showed it to you. It's so good. He, he's so pure. He, it's literally if you took a dog brain, put it into a mascot, and then gave him a Twitter page. That's it. It's beautiful. Thoughts of dog, but an NHL mascot. Exactly. By the way, he made a Twitter post about dogs and said, if your Gritty has is walking on all fours instead of two legs, it's probably a dog, but they're very good and give them a good pet. <laughs> give them a good pet. Um, that's pretty much it for this year's Hall of Fame. However, next year there'll be a, a new member, a couple new members. Um, one of them being, or excuse me, new so member the selection, selection committee. committee. Come on now, Cassie Campbell Pascal is elected to the Hockey Hall of Fame selection committee. Good for her. A woman uh, the first, the first woman ever to be inducted. Is I'm sure you guys all up in Canada know her. She calls a lot of the West Coast games for Hockey Night in Canada. Or for you American listeners, Hillary Knight before Hillary Knight. Um. So uh, I'm glad for her, and yeah, the Hall of Fame is kind of cool. The Leafs won the Hall of Fame game, and the, it was really cool to see Jeremy Brodeur, Mario Brodeur's kid, playing the the Jeremy the what now? Jeremy Brodeur, uh, Marty's no, no, kid. No, 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 the Hall of Fame game. What? Well, no, the Leafs won the Hall of Fame like the on Hall of Fame night. They they play the Friday before or the Monday after for the Hall of Fame. The Leafs always have a game to honor the Hall of Fame. That was the game Friday night against New Jersey. They played a game. Yes, the Hall of Fame game. It's not a game dedicated to the Hall yes, of Fame. Yes, it is. It's not, it's not on an ice surface where the center ice thing is not the Maple Leaf and it's the Hall of Fame. No. It's for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, you want to know why? the member, or the inductees. Ah, yes, the Hall of Fame game. It honored the Hall of Fame members. You want to know why? Because New Jersey got smoked. Well, and their goaltending was crap. Their goaltending was not Because Patrick was better Patrick Waugh is better than Martin Brodeur, who's better than Mario Lemieux, who's not as good as Wayne Gretzky, who's not as good as Gordie Howe, who is better than Gary Bettman. Anyways, enough of that <laughs> random scramble of nonsense from you. We're just, we're, you gotta remember, remember folks, for all of you at home, you gotta keep your whiteboard out. Gotta make sure that you're following this. Because unfortunately, if you don't, you're uh, going you're, over here, and we're going over here, and we're going over here, and we're going over here, and we're. I'm not knocking over drinks. You just need to put them away. Uh, some news earlier this week, actually, after the Leafs swamped the Los Angeles Kings, and we'll actually talk about more about the Los Angeles Kings later. Uh, Tanner Pearson to Pittsburgh for Carl Haglin, and you know what? Things are kind of weird in Pittsburgh right now. Well, I mean, if we're just going to go off of people that uh, are not too uh, patient, we could just go all the way to the tippy-tip-top. Well, not the tippy-tip-top, but the almost tippy-tip-top. Well, the tippy-tip-top of the of the hockey ops. Yeah. Jim Rutherford. Jimmy Rutherford. Does an interview. Who just actually got an extension, by the way. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, I mean, at least he's getting paid. Well, yes, so is Ken Holland, but that's not here or there. <laughs> gets an, gets interviewed. I, th- I know th- he's in his in a presser, but needless to say, <clears throat> he gets asked something along the lines of, "I forgot what the actual uh, question was." Asked what the thing, but spit it out. Needless <laughs> to say, he gets asked like 
how patient are you with this being team? with this with this team right now? And he now, said, okay, by the way, they are seven, six, and three right now. Okay, they're above five hundred. They're currently sitting in the so uh, they are right now four points out of a playoff spot. And yes, I know it's really early, and I tried to make sure I waited until Thanksgiving to look at the standings, but unfortunately, to kind of determine where they're at compared to everybody. I mean, let's put it this way. New York, the Islanders, and the Rangers are second and third in the Metropolitan Division. And Pittsburgh is kind of just, I mean, they're not the worst, but they're tied with Ottawa, who's two points ahead of New Jersey. The Detroit Red Wings are better than them yes. as of right now. Well, of course, Detroit decided all of a sudden, hey, we're going to play hockey now. We're going to play seven games in a row and win them. We're, they totally forgot to start the season on time. Going back to a team that... Well, I mean, talking about Detroit and Pittsburgh, that kind of makes sense. But Rutherford says, you know, to answer your question, I, th- I think it depends on when, when you're asking me because I, I think I'm a patient guy. But I'm, I'm losing my patience with this team. He's, he's, he's not happy. Well, that's why, well, okay, we'll talk, like I said, we'll talk about L.A. more later because we had an interview with John Hoven, um, or I did, excuse me, and... Yeah, because I have a life and I have to do stuff, man. It sucks. I do. I just made sure I took time off to do it. Um, Carl Haglin, everyone's like, oh, <laughs> losing him is horrible, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, okay, think of it this way. You get Tanner Pearson for two years, and now you have to worry about re-signing Carl Haglin, who is going to ask for a decent amount of money, especially the way this team's heading right now. And you'll have Tanner Pearson for one more year after this, and Pittsburgh will find their footing. They'll figure it out. Um, we probably should mention the fact that Sidney Crosby has practiced today with an undisclosed upper body injury, skated by himself. And I am intrigued to see, and everyone's panicking. I remember the first thing that um, uh, uh, head coach uh, Mike Mike Johnson said, uh, made sure that everyone knew that it wasn't a concussion, which is probably for the best. Probably. Because people with his history... Um, you don't want everyone to think, oh my gosh, upper body, that could be a concussion. Obviously, everyone knows the um, Mike Sullivan, excuse me. I said Mike Johnson. I was thinking of TSN. Mike Sullivan. And you don't want everyone to freak out about it. And of course, Pittsburgh's kind of, everyone's like, oh, is this it for Pittsburgh? Are they finally going to take a dip? Well, they're going to take a dip, but I don't, they'll figure it out. They've started out worse before. I mean, well, actually, if they, can, well if they can figure out how to win without Sidney Crosby, I'm sure they're fine. It doesn't help that Matt Murray was hurt there for a minute. He hasn't really played well. Casey DeSmith's been playing <clears> the bulk <throat> of the games. I mean, they should pull up Tristan Jari. He just scored the other night. Chris, Tristan Yari? Tristan Jari. No, it's Jari. It's Jari. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure about that? I texted my good buddy of mine, uh, Chris Letang. Told me it's Jari. Um, You're not <laughs> buddies with Chris Letang! I'm friends with everybody. That's not a thing. How do you know? You Tyler. don't know my personal life. Wait. You, you, yes, I do. <laughs> no, you don't. I know where you're holding your what, engagement ring right now. What engagement ring? Hey. listen to this show. She doesn't know. I mean, we could talk about it. Where is it at, Boog? I'm not telling anybody. Because you're like, hey, Kelly, listen to the show. So like, you really want to listen to the show. Hey, you want to really um, listen to the show? Um, but Pittsburgh, I, everyone's freaking out down over there in Pennsylvania. They should be winning just, every single game. Just calm down. Bring it back 10 to 20. Quit looking like us Leafs fans panicking over a loss. Because trust me, it gets a lot more stressful. Maybe we know what it's like now being a, a good team now. With And they, whenever they lose a game, they shouldn't lose. Nah, we Panic! Sh- 
Here's the thing, though. But hey, as, Washington, as Leaf don't forget, fan, don't forget Washington's lost to Arizona. Here's the thing. But of course, they just won a cup. So here, here's here's the thing, though. As Leaf fans, we also know how to lose. So well, okay, it's different. That's now. why we don't freak out. Well, okay, we, we should. Know how, freak we know out how to lose. Unfortunately, that was when we knew the team would lose. Now it's like the team's supposed to win. That's why when we lost to Boston so badly last Saturday, it was like, I know it's second half back, but we don't need to get into that because they won Tuesday night, so it's a little easier. Play tonight against uh, San Jose, which I'm excited for. Rematch of the 94 second round. Shout out to, okay, first of all, you need to stop with all this buh. What? This buh. Hey, I'll break. You literally have stuff on every single team. New Jersey. What do you got against New Jersey? Yeah, New, they're in Newark. 2000-2001 playoffs. Okay, what do you got? trying to do whatever he could, so he took out Scott Niedermeyer's brain. Okay, what do you got about San Jose? San Jose? I don't know what they thought doing in the 94 playoffs. Art survey is flexible, and that's about it. What do you got against Minnesota? Minnesota? Oh, not really much. I like Andrew Burnett. He was really cool. He scored. He scored. He ended Patrick Waugh's career. <laughs> I, I was well. I mean, I I know one thing that you have against Minnesota. What? Wild hockey all day. Oh I, no, that was beautiful. I still laugh at that. <laughs> I still love that. Um, who else? We got. I want to go through the entire list. All right, fine. Let's go through. Well, Philly. What do you got against Philly? Uh, the early two thousands of the playoffs. Sammy Capitan getting brain, but Jeremy. That's why I hate Jeremy Roenick. I ever. I always hate Jeremy Roenick for that. Oh my goodness! You're. Um, you should stop right there. But gritty's gritty's helping him out. Gritty's helping him out. Here's here's a question for you, book. What? what do you got against Boston? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Everything from top to bottom. Bergeron for being such a good player. Brad Marchand for being a chicken, you know what? And Jack Edwards for being the stupidest, most un most biased, ungrateful piece of a broadcaster ever. The worst. He is the lowest of the low. He is SEC football homer broadcaster low. For all of the people in Canada, the SEC is a very big conference, and they have a lot of homers because they really care about their football teams and just their football teams. No one else. No one else matters. Well, it's their football and their baseball because eh, they're in the South. That's uh, what they well, do. Baseball That's what by, they do. But the football broadcasters are Texas, the worst. Tennessee, Virginia, Down, yes. West Virginia. Florida, Florida State. Well, that's what I'm saying, SEC and uh, ACC, I guess. But anyways, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for Boston there. But um, um, Apparently, some people, speaking of people being very passionate, very, I don't say biased, but. Yeah. I mean, one part of this conversation has a bias. It's the people that don't want to pay for it. People that do not want to pay for the Olympics. Calgary votes no for going for a bid for the 2026 Olymp- Winter Olympic Games. So, ever, okay, is it just me? So they put their kind of their, hey, we want to try to do this thing a couple years ago. And then Gary Bettman kind of comes out and says, yeah, you guys need a new rink. And then the everyone comes out and says, well, the IOC says it's fine. And then it kind of was like this, all of a sudden, hey, can we really afford this? And... Let's be honest, there's a lot of, I mean, Calgary is, I don't want to say a cash-strapped city, but they, there's a reason why the arena, they won't get a new arena, because the city doesn't want to pay for it, and the people don't want to pay for it. Well, yeah. And that's just the way the government, unfortunately, has been, and they know if the Olympics comes to town, that the people are going to have to pay for it. That's why when they left it to a public vote, you knew for a fact 
that Calgary was going to vote no on it. Well, the IOC came out and said that they were not surprised. They weren't shocked. Looks like we're not reenacting cool runnings here, boys. Well, yeah, because because you know, getting it was in Calgary. Can you not do that? Oh, but I, I'm bummed because Vancouver was so. Think about all those Canadian. Olympians that would get to wear cowboy hats all the time. Oh my gosh, the Stampeder hats. Oh my gosh. All it's day. Like, give those Albertans their bu- ego. Yes. Big belt buckles and cowboy hats. Don Hattie. Oh man, I would love, I would, if they did not come out with those outfits from 88, I'd be so mad. The outfits <laughs> they had were on, I'm not going to say it. They were on fleek. On yes, point. you point. Yes, they, they, were, they were lit. They were, I'm not saying that. They were lit. Perfect. Well, oh, no, you can't say lit because then that would think of the Oilers. Ooh. Ooh. Well, no, they're the Flames, Alex. So it is lit. Hey, yeah. Yeah, it's the, lit, boy. The, the Oilers only add to the Flames. Ooh. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're welcome. And so with – I'm bummed because it was – Vancouver was so cool. I just remembering everything and, like – you said Canadians, they want to be involved in this. And the fact, you want to fill the Saddle Dome, or if they'd ever do building the new arena, and win, hopefully knock on wood, win the gold medal on home ice again, how amazing that was. Unfortunately, that won't happen. And now with Don't that... Don't you mean how, how amazing that would be? Or how, well, how amazing it was in 2010. And well, how, was, right, yeah, how it amazing cool. it would be in 2026. And the fact of the matter is, like now that this happens, and I've heard it all over, and I remember I heard on Tim and Sid a little bit today, Sid... Sid Sixero made a very good You're point. You're obsessed with that now. Well, I haven't listened to it as much, but then again, I've been really busy. But he made a really good point saying now with that kind of set in like the in the uh, in the conscious of uh, other Canadians now, how long will it be before it ever gets back to that point of where Canadians will be able to go for it? Yes, it's a huge expense to want to go for something like this. Montreal, I remember we <clears> heard about that too. Montreal just it was it a few years ago dude, actually paid off their debt, dude, for the seventy two games, dude. Just do it in Toronto. They've tried it before, I think, 2000. Listen, Toronto's... Or 2000 the, was the Summer Games thing. Was. If Toronto can fit the World's Fair, if Toronto can... What what games did you say it was? Uh, the com, uh, Not the Commonwealth Games. The Pan American Games, wasn't it? Probably, yeah. That makes sense. But, but that's a much just, smaller scale, Alex. But, dude, just, just do it. I well, Now I'm trying to think of where they would do like all the alpine skiing and stuff. Because that's why Calgary and Vancouver were perfect, because they have Whistler well, and yes. they have the Rockies in Calgary. Yeah. Toronto really doesn't have that. Well, that's why I don't think they've ever really been thought for, because there's not really much to do. Okay, well, what about Montreal? Montreal never held... No, they only had the summer games. No, I'm saying, well, what about Montreal? Why don't... I mean, do they have a lot of hills? Oh, there, no, there's one mountain range really kind of far out inside the city. Well, there you go. There you go. Right there. But Montreal. Montreal. But Montreal is just, like I said, they just paid it off with their last games. Of course, because they, well, they went all out in 72. They built a stadium for it. I mean, Los Angeles had the Olympic stadium. That was true. Yes, they did go for that. And um, But here's the thing, though. Los Angeles has constantly been using that place. Right. And, well, that's why, and, well, Montreal did for the longest time they had the Expos, the Olympic Stadium. Um, I just, it's a real bummer that they're going to miss out on that. But, I I just, how long will it be? If you don't got the bill. I understand if you don't have the ability, but, like, 
it's hard because yes, you have to have help have the citizens help pay for it. And right now it's not like Canada's the richest country in the world. They're able to go for something like this. And it's hard to try to push the people to pay for something like this and have, you can have as many sponsors as you want, but eventually that's going to come back into the taxes of the citizens of well, Alberta and Calgary, this, this especially a, Calgary. Well, this is another thing that I have a problem with. And it's, 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 it goes back to the same reason why I don't think that any expansion team or any new team, that team that wants like a brand new facility to house their professional like sports team, it shouldn't be huge. I don't think that you need to spend the most money to have the biggest experience. I think you can <clears throat> work on a budget and it still be good. Like look at the South Korean games. Remember how small that opening ceremony was? It was quaint. It was quaint, but it was effective. Yes. It wasn't like Beijing where it was like, all right, well, we're not, okay, we're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into that. Well, the reason why the Beijing one was so huge was because for yeah, see, certain yeah, political reasons. But all I'm saying is this. Think of South Korea. Small country. Able, able to put on a adequate performance. And the only, Doesn't have to be huge. And the only criticism was the fact that the Western Seaboard couldn't watch it because it was like 12 hours ahead. That's it. And that so was if, it. if you think of it this way. Everyone in Europe had a good time, I'm sure. Yeah, if you think of... The Dutch were probably partying their keisters off. Yeah, if you had something the size of the Los Angeles Coliseum in Calgary. Yeah. Well, there is McMahon Stadium. Well, well where, That's probably where, where they would host it at. Well, where where do the well, no, Stampeders play? McMahon Stadium. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. That's where they yeah. did it. That's where they did in 88. And so do that. There well, you that's go. Funny, Done. They're, they're putting money into that stadium, but they're not putting money into a new rink. But that's just that's just me though. Um, well, it's a different team. Yes, but So then there you go. Planes. You have your open you have your opening ceremony at McMahon Stadium and then you build a smaller hockey arena to house games that are not being done at the Saddle Dome and then your gold medal game is done at the Saddle Dome. It's well no, they do it at the Saddle Dome. The, th- the problem is like they don't want to have to pay it because they'd have to renovate facilities to accommodate. They'd have to have housing to accommodate for the for the athletes. What, there's what's so wrong, much more to What it. about the ones that were there for last time? They were used. Uh, they were renovated into something else. But it's it's hard to build a new. For, the Olympics is such a huge expense. That's why you don't have as many bids as there used to be because it's well, so I mean, much think more expensive. About, think nowadays. about Sochi though. The Sochi games were awful for housing and stuff like that. But you know what? They still did it. Be, do we want to get into that political aspect too, Alex? No, but still. I mean, all I'm saying is this: it's it's feasible. It's it's, it's possible, but right now. You don't want, and, I, and there's talk that Stockholm may pull out. There's whispers that that may happen because Stockholm is a runner up to, or is a runner for those Olympics as well. There's talks that they may not want to go it's for it either, and they're like the only other expensive. option. I, I don't know exactly, and that's that's the hard part. It keeps going up and up and up, and the IOC is expecting these hosts to take care of it themselves. They're not. I, they are chiming. I think they're helping out minim- minimally. Well, there's what what, they what what's the most that they can do? The IOC is just a committee. They don't get any outside revenue other than from the Olympics, right? And that's why it's and a lot of the revenue from the Olympics goes to but, sponsors, the payment for um, but they taking to, care they, of athletes. They are going to have and to, then the host city. In order for future success of the Olympic Games, both summer and winter, there needs to be more help, not just from the host city, but from the IOC as well. There has to be some assistance in some financial aspect because you have to understand that 
it's so like I said, you have they to. They just do gotta so stop much. spending so much dang money. That's all it well, is. Well, here's the thing. Well, that's the hard part, Alex. Is that you want to try to show off your country and show off how great countries. And, and let's be honest, this kind of all started in '36 in the games in Berlin. I'm just saying, you Whoa. go all out to show off your country, and Whoa, it kind of got yeah. bigger and bigger. That was obviously different political reasons as well. Yeah, and but like people yeah, there were. Yeah. Like when Vancouver, when Calgary had, all right, show off, show off for Canadian, uh, how great Canada is. And then you got me all messed up thinking about the 36 games now. Oh my Lord. I know that was, <sighs> yeah. yeah. So, but it's so, cause you have to make it look like you're, cause here's the thing. You can't just throw players into apartments complex in downtown Calgary. You could, but would it look that great? No, you want, you want amazing housing. You want good venues that people can go you visit. You don't need amazing housing. But here's the, no, that's thing. You is need that, stuff no, that works. But that's the thing is that, the IOC wants this kind of thing. If you want to show the IOC that you can do it, you have to show them this kind of things. Now the IOC has to be picky and choose. They don't. Have, they can't be. They cannot afford to be picky and choosy anymore, as they used to be. Now, because remember the whole thing about the 2016 games. Well, yeah. Or the. No, oh yeah, the 2016 games. Yes. The real game. The real games. Because um, I remember Chicago was going to be part that of that whole fiasco. Correct. And of course, United States a little more feasible than Canada right now. Um, well, per se, I mean, they were able. They I mean, sure, the debt's twenty-one trillion dollars, but that's not him. All that. right, there we go. Winter Games, twenty twenty-six. Colorado, Denver, Salt Lake City, Utah. No, Denver. How did that work? They were say the Rockies. Well, no, they they'd still like to put a bid. They'd have to put in for like for like twenty thirty. But it's just it's a bummer because it's a missed, I mean, it's a missed opportunity. I mean, you could do Salt Lake City, Utah again. I mean, all the facilities are still there. The rink's still there. The rink's still there. You still have all the alpine courses. You have the... Well, they're, on the, the, they're in the mountains. The ski jumps. You're set. All you have to do is just... Get what you have to find the money for it. It's hard. It's hard. It's stupid Very stupid But you know, you know what's not stupid? What? The fact that right now we're going to go to commercial done by... Our good old inside of the insiders, Tyler Keel, and then we've got an interview done by none other than the insider to the insider, Tyler Keel. That's me. Yeah, that's me. That's my name. So we're gonna go to commercial, and then we're gonna have the interview with John Hoven from Mayor's then, Manor. Mayor's Manor, John Hoven. And then we are going to get into the injury reports, and then we are gonna talk about some other stuff relating to uh, people getting hit, people that hit people, and then people that are going to be talking or had a talking to about uh, hitting people. Yes. All that and more when we come back on the Kill Podcast. Hey guys, Tyler here. I love going to games, but buying tickets at the box office sometimes can just be too expensive for me. That's why I use Seat Giant when I want to go to a game. They'll show me the best seats that are available and at better prices than some of the other sites. You can also use Seat Giant for other events like concerts, theater, and more. If you want an even better deal, use the promo code TKP and you'll get 3% off all of American orders on SeatGiant.com and 5% off Canadian orders on SeatGiant.ca. Remember, the promo code is TKP and make Seat Giant your destination to get the best seats at the best prices. We're now joined by this week's guest of the Fuel Podcast. He is a member of the Pro Hockey Writer Association and the founder of Mayor's Manor, one of the best hockey blogs there is out there, actually voted one of the best for sure. 
Give it up now for the mayor himself, John Hoven. John, how are you doing today, sir? Doing outstanding. Thanks for having me on. So, John, the the LA Kings are, it's kind of an interesting year they've had so far. Obviously not the most successful. Let's take it back now to last spring. They go into the playoffs, not necessarily a favorite against Vegas, but let's be honest, Jonathan Quick lost by like a goal or two to Marc-Andre Fleury, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you know, a lot of people like to look at that series and talk about how the Kings were swept out of the playoffs. And, you know, t- to me, it really doesn't matter if you lose a series in four games or if you lose it in seven games. You either lose the series or you advance. And when, when you look at that series, I think you could take more positives away than you could negatives. Obviously, the big negative being that they lost. But, I mean, you're talking about one-goal games. You're talking about a game that went to double overtime, um, playing without Drew Doughty and a couple of other defensemen. So the, the series was there for the Kings to take. And the Kings really, uh, you know, outside of Washington, gave Vegas probably their most difficult challenge there in the playoffs. So uh, it wasn't a lot of concern, at least from this end, uh, coming out of that series. Again, outside of the fact that they lost and that they just weren't scoring goals. But the fact that they weren't scoring goals wasn't anything new. It had been a challenge, you know, for the last couple of seasons and uh, continues to be a challenge this year as well. I mean, yeah, Kopitar last year, I think, wasn't a leading scorer by, like, what, 10, 20 points to the rest of the team? Yeah, Kopitar had, you know, a, a real breakout season. Uh, it's He's had an up-and-down, you know, last couple of years. Uh, things were rather tumultuous under Coach Daryl Sutter for him and several other players, uh, specifically Dustin Brown. But, you know, you look at last year from an individual standpoint, and you, and you have Quick with the Jennings Trophy, and you have uh, Dust, excuse me, you have uh, Kopitar with a Hart Trophy, you know, type season, and you have uh, Drew Doughty with another Norris, you know, run. So uh, individually, things were fine, uh, just collectively as a group. Needed to get a few more goals, and obviously most of last year was hampered by the fact that uh, Jeff Carter missed the bulk of the season uh, with an injury. Right, and then, of course, in the offseason, they signed Ely Kovalchuk, which was huge. They won those sweepstakes. And like you said, when John Stevens came in after Sutter was really, you know, relieved of his duties, he seemed to help the team out. Dustin Brown started to play better. And it seemed like with a lot, and John, the way Jonathan Quick was playing, they were all going into the season with quite a bit of expectations, would you think? Yeah, they had to be considered in the mix there for uh, you know a Pacific Division title this year, or at the very least, one of those those playoff spots. You know, there were uh, mixed mixed opinions on Vegas coming into the season. Some people thought that you know it was the new era of the NHL, and they were gonna you know come in and just destroy everybody once again, and, and others. Or on the other end of the spectrum, thinking that Vegas was going to, you know, regress this year, and you never could discount San Jose uh, as a talented roster there, and they should be competing for a division title, and and then the Kings would be right there in that in that next mix of teams, and it just depended how optimistic you were going to be, you know, at a 35 year old Ilya Kovalchuk returning to the NHL, but. In terms of winning the sweepstakes, it was a big move. Of a big, it was you know I wouldn't quite say it was a coup, but it was a big move for the LA Kings in the sense that they were able to get a legitimate goal scorer added to their roster without giving up assets. You know there were other players that they were interested in and rumored to be linked to, guys like Jeff Skinner and you know some other players, but that would have cost them two or three assets, and that's just not something that this team was in a position to do at that time. Uh, the cupboards were kind of bare when when GM Rob Blake took over from Dean Lombardi, so they're trying to restock their farm system on the fly, uh, add to their prospect pool, not give up draft picks, and uh, to be able to get Kovalchuk, although from a monetary standpoint it was really expensive, uh, it, was, it was a nice addition, and quite honestly, he's fit in really well in Los Angeles so far, and you could even make the argument that he's been their, their best offensive player so far here in the early going this season. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, 14 points, 16 games, and you have, 
what was I think Drew Doughty was leading the team for a second in scoring, and Jeff Carter, like you said, being out last year, but this year kind of coming back. They both have 10 points. But after that, it kind of tails off, and, you know, I guess like Kopitar isn't the same as he was last, at least in terms of the rest of the roster. But do you think it's just maybe the lack of depth scoring that's been kind of hindering the Kings so far? Oh, it most definitely is. You know, there's been a lot of talk about secondary scoring uh, around this team for several seasons. And uh, this year they came into the season, they wanted to be a team that had a legitimate top nine, not just a top six. And that would be fabulous uh, if you like goals. And, you know, uh, really last year, especially with Carter out injured, it was the Kopitar show. So it was, it was a one, they were a one-line team. And if you could shut down the Kopitar line, then you could pretty much shut down the Kings most nights. So Carter coming back was, was a welcome addition because now you could you know, start to look at maybe two lines. And again, their, their goal coming in this year uh, was to go with the top nine. So they really wanted to get a third line going. They had high hopes of Gabe Villardi, um, you know, one of the best players in the Ontario Hockey League, coming in and, and making an immediate contribution there on their third line, adding with maybe Adrian Kempe. And, you know, there were a number of guys they were looking at there, possibly Alex Iafalo over on the left side, uh, maybe a Tanner Pearson. So there were guys on paper that should have given them a top nine and it just hasn't played out that way and they've called up a couple of kids and rotated some guys in there Austin Wagner you know Matt Luff uh, Sheldon Rempel a couple of other rookies and nobody's really been able to grab the reins just yet and that's that's not the way that it's gone in the past. When you look at when this team was successful uh, back during their cup years, there were guys that came up from their, their AHL affiliate and were able to really solidify um, an, a spot on the NHL roster, and, and that just hasn't happened yet. So uh, that's really what needs to happen here for the Kings to turn things around and dig out of being the 31st team in the, in the National Hockey League. So they, they lose. the Kings lost six straight. They started out 2-2, two and two, kind of all right. Jonathan Quick goes down. They go six straight, and I guess we got to look at Jonathan Quick. I mean, his numbers weren't, like, astronomically amazing his first couple starts. But with that said, like, goal, the best goaltenders are able to bounce back in these types of situations. And obviously him getting hurt and, and unfortunately just a practice, I mean, how big – like I said, he was he's pretty much the guy, the exception of – I mean, they have Jack Campbell and Peter Budai who have NHL experience, but as you can see have not played out. Do we? Is there a timetable for Quick's return for, from surgery, or is this going to be like a couple of years ago where he was out the entire year? Well, Quick's original timetable was about four to six weeks. That happened around Halloween, so just call it November 1st. Um, so, you know, you're, you're looking here at the end of the month, which is another couple weeks away, or maybe a couple weeks into December, so, you know, could be four weeks away. Uh, injuries are tricky. Sometimes, you know, guys come back early. Sometimes they come back right on schedule, and other times they come back a little bit later. So uh, best-case scenario, you're looking at, uh, like a couple more weeks, and uh, worst-case scenario obviously would be, you know, longer than a month that he's going to be out. So when it comes to Jonathan Quick, there's also a confidence thing. There's a confidence that this team plays with with him there in net. You're talking about an, an elite all world goaltender, a guy who's backstopped them to a couple of Stanley Cups and has, has you know, figuratively and literally been the backbone of the team now for you know, uh, what, seven to ten years now. So uh, this is a guy who they have a lot of confidence in when he's back there in the net. Um, they've played well in front of uh, you know, a myriad of other goalies. You mentioned a couple of them there, but also guys in you know, previous years like Martin Jones and, and, and Jonathan Bernier and several other guys. Um, but there's a, it's, it's a real difference maker when you have 32 back there in the, in the net. He's, uh, he's just a guy who breeds confidence, 
Um, he doesn't get caught up in slumps. He doesn't care about what happened today. He only cares about what happens tomorrow. And uh, that type of, you know, park and ride mentality and always looking forward helps guys shake off slumps, whether it's individually or collectively as a team. So it's a big boost having him around and having him there in the net. And uh, when he's gone, you know, not only do they do they notice the difference uh, between the the level of talent that replaces him, but also just in that confidence and that swagger um, that he brings to the team. So he's going to need to get back. He's going to need to get healthy, and he's going to need to be part of this team, if, again, if they have any any hopes at all, which they do, of uh, trying to find a way to dig out of the mess that they've created so far here in the early part of the season. And I was like one of the biggest parts of the mess, was unfortunately, was John Stevens getting fired. And, I mean, I've seen, we've seen across NHL, all across the NHL, teams have been, you know, go through slumps and they kind of hold on to their coach. And the funny part was they go through the six, they lost six straight, then they beat the Rangers and then they lose to Philly. They beat Columbus and then he gets fired after John gets fired after the game against Columbus. Now, was that, do you think that the decision by management by Blake and Robitaille and all them, was that decided that they were going to fire Stevens before that game against Columbus probably? Yeah, we were reporting the, the Friday and Saturday, uh, which is immediately following the, the Philadelphia game, that the decision had been made to go ahead and move uh, move John Stevens out and bring somebody else in. So the decision was largely made um, before the Columbus game. And so, yeah, regardless of what happened there against the Blue Jackets, uh, Stevens wasn't going to be the coach moving forward. And, you know, uh, in, in many ways it did catch people by surprise um, that we're paying close attention to what was going on because the Kings really played so well against Columbus. Uh, it was one of their better performances. Um, not only was it a win, but uh, the, the, you know the team, they, they looked quicker and faster and looked like they were having some fun and, and some of that carry over as well into the, into the game against uh, Anaheim a couple of nights later. So uh, John Stevens is a great man, um, very well respected by everybody with inside, you know, inside the LA Kings organization. And I can tell you it was eerily reminiscent of uh, when coach Terry Murray was let go back in December of 2011, where there were a lot of long faces and a lot of really sad and disappointed people uh, because John Stevens was very, very well liked and respected, not only by his players, uh, but also by, you know, everybody throughout the organization, including those in management. So disappointing time. Uh, John Stevens had been part of the organization for a very long time, had been part of their success, uh, you know, through those cup years and had been there through the more uh, recent, we'll call them lean couple of years there, uh, especially during the end uh, of Daryl Sutter's run. So it was, it was refreshing when uh, Stevens was given an opportunity to coach the club uh, after Lombardi and Sutter or exited from the organization. Um, it was thought that, you know, John really had uh, had the ability to to make some key changes to their system, not get away from their defensive foundation, but to open up things offensively. And if you look at the first couple of months uh, of last season, you know, they were they were an exciting team to watch, uh, which was which was good news because the Kings had become rather boring to watch, you know, at least as reported by most of the fans that show up at the Staples Center um, to watch their games. So it, it, they were... They, they were flying, and uh, they were more exciting. And um, that regressed throughout the year, especially as they had to go into a little bit of a defensive shell with the absence of Jeff Carter. Uh, but then things sort of, you know, spiral from there. Um, and this year, things just didn't look right, according to GM Rob Blake, beginning in training camp. And they monitored the situation throughout the first month, and they decided to uh, to move on. And, and now they're in sort of a holding pattern because Willie Desjardins is, you know, an interim coach through the end of the season. But there's going to be a, a long, hard look at this organization both on the ice you know, and off the ice as well as behind the bench um, come summer of next year. 
Well, I mean, you know, there's a certain coach named Joel Quenville out on the market there, so I'm sure Blake and them are probably overseeing that rather closely. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure that he's going to be uh, on, on. At least he's not on the early short list. Um, we'll have to we'll have to see uh, if this team doesn't perform this year, or at least continues to perform at the level they're performing now. You'd have to figure there'd be some drastic roster changes uh, between now and say the draft. Whether that those those changes come at the at the trade deadline or whether they come closer to the draft, uh, you think there'd be some drastic roster changes and. You know, the, the window might be closed and it might be time to move forward. And if that is the case, then this probably isn't a situation that Joel Quinville would be the right man for the job. Um, so that remains to be seen. And, you know, he's also very good friends with Coach. Or, well, he's no longer a coach, but he's also very good friends with Dave Tippett, who uh, has taken an executive management role up with Seattle. Tippett won't be the coach, uh, according to what he's saying. He wants to stay in management. So that could possibly open up a, a pretty exciting role for Joel Quinville there. And let's not forget that uh, Chicago's paying him, you know, six million dollars a year whatever it is uh this season and next season so money's not the question uh for joel quinville it's just about what's the right opportunity for him moving forward exactly and with that um with with talking about rob blake and all them and i, I thought about this you know because rob blake coming in there's a couple other former players that have taken the roles obviously doug wilson in san jose has done a marvelous job with that franchise but do you think you know, because we had there was a thing in Edmonton where it was like Kevin Lowe, Craig McTavish, all those guys. Do you think if there's like too many cooks in the kitchen, by i.e., too many former players, do you think that? I mean, you know Rob Blake more than I do, obviously, but do you think like they're maybe having too many former players kind of maybe affects the team itself in a whole in a positive or a negative way? Would what would you say? Well, first off, I would say that from a positive standpoint, um, having Blake around has been. Uh, significantly positive to the organization in many different ways. Um, I, you know, I, I don't want to say there was an impasse uh, in, the, in the Kopitar negotiations going back a couple of years ago, but things were certainly dragging on and, and, and taking much longer than anybody anticipated to get that extension done. Uh, it rolled all the way into January, and, and you know, many people thought that, that deal was going to be done uh, leading into training camp. So uh, it was Rob Blake who, who interjected along with uh, Luke Robitaille, coincidentally, who is now, you know, bumped up into the president role. So uh, having Blake around has certainly been impactful in that sense. It also helped them significantly in landing a couple of, uh, of hot college free agents, whether you're talking about Alex Iafalo, whether you're talking about Cal Peterson, who's, you know, set to make his NHL debut here soon. Uh, the Daniel Brickley, the defenseman they picked up last year, who will be with the club, uh, you know, at some point this year. He's cutting his teeth right now in the American Hockey League. So it, it definitely makes a difference. You're not just talking about a former player. You're talking about, you know, a former Norris Trophy winner and, more importantly, a Hall of Fame player in Rob Blake and another Hall of Famer in Luke Robitaille. So these are guys that, that know the business, that, that understand the game, and, and most importantly, they're very well respected, universally respected. Um, I, I wouldn't say that it's a negative and that you could draw parallels to the Edmonton situation of sort of the old boys network and, you know, everybody's buddy getting, getting jobs. Um, because, I mean, just, just look no further than the coaching situation. You had an opportunity here where when John Stevens was, was removed from his position, there are any number of individuals connected internally to the LA Kings that could have stepped in there on an interim basis 
or even been given a role with, as one of the assistant coaches. And that would be, you know, guys that Blake played with, uh, Mike Donnelly, uh, Glenn Murray, Nelson Emerson, you know, any number of players, former players that could have stepped in, and, and they didn't. And the LA Kings specifically went out and uh, tapped Willie Desjardins to be an interim coach because they wanted an outside view of things. They didn't want that internal thinking. They, they, they did that once before in the promotion of John Stevens. It didn't work. And this time around, they wanted something fresh from the outside. So I wouldn't say that, that it's been a negative. And, and again, I wouldn't draw parallels to, uh, you know, what people have criticized the Oilers for through the years. Uh, yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And before we let you go here, John, thanks American Thanksgiving, that is, is usually the kind of like the deadline of kind of determining where a team may or may not end up. I mean, obviously, there's a, plenty of hockey left, but some teams kind of keep on the way they're going here. Do you think... LA right now maybe with the coaching change they'll kind of read and jump start them and eventually Jonathan Quick will come back and and if guys really step up do you think they can really climb out of where they are into a possible playoff spot or do you think it's going to kind of just you know hopefully just you see improvement with the team well I, I think there is a possibility and I think that you know it, it might sound a little bit optimistic to some and I'm not saying it's going to be easy it certainly is going to be difficult and uh it looked like it would be at least a little bit easier coming into this homestand because you, you would have thought that on this seven-game homestand that they could have beaten the majority of these teams and, and really made up some ground, and uh, they, they've, they've made things more difficult on themselves with one game left to go here tonight, uh, sitting at, what, I think, three and three. So uh, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be difficult. But I think, again, if you want to look at it optimistically, uh, the Pacific Division is a train wreck. There's, there's plenty of room for them to move up. Um, they're, they're, you know, the, the gap between them and, say, um, third place in the Pacific Division is not insurmountable. The Kings have a couple games in hand over some of those teams ahead of them as well, so that's going to help out. Uh, you know, I think you might want to extend the look a little bit beyond American Thanksgiving. You probably want to get into mid-December because although you don't have 10 games to give uh, in the National Hockey League with all of the parity, they did get a little bit behind the eight ball with, with Dustin Brown being out those first 10 games of the season. And then, you know, with the coaching change coming more recently, uh, you know, Thanksgiving is next week. You're, you're talking about, you know, maybe three to five, well, what do you have, uh, three games on the road, five games between now and Thanksgiving, including tonight's game. So um, you probably want to go a little bit beyond that and, and really look at things over the next 10 games here. And uh, back to Jonathan Quick, you brought it up. A lot is going to be determined by what's, what's the status of his injury and how healthy is he going to be, when can you get him back in the lineup. Because uh, if, if he's back in two weeks and this team shows any kind of a spark here over these next five to ten games, then you, you know, you're a little bit more optimistic, even though that it's a tough road to get back into a playoff spot. You're a little bit more optimistic. But uh, if he looks like he's going to be on the shelf much beyond that, and uh, you're not getting any help from you know the goaltending or the defense, uh, then you know it doesn't matter uh, whether they're scoring goals or not. This team just doesn't have the right mix of players on the roster this year, and you start to look ahead to, to what type of moves they'll make at the trade deadline and or uh, at the draft next June. Well, exactly. I can agree more. And John, I want to thank you. Be sure, guys, to check out John's uh, John Hoven's Mayor's Manor. It's an apps. If you want anything LA Kings related or out west, he'll be the guy to go to with the Mayor's Manor. Uh, you'll hear him all the time on NHL Radio on Sirius XM. And be sure to follow him at Mayor NHL. John, thank you very much, and uh, hopefully talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the road. Thank you once again to John Hoven for taking the time out of his day to go and talk with Tyler. I know for him it's probably a little bit mundane to talk to a cardboard box as Tyler is, but nevertheless, (laughs) 
Great interview, great commercial. Well, As always, good job. Of course, we did that on Tuesday. That was before the Kings got their butts handed to him by the Leafs. So he's a little bit more happy. Well, it's funny because like you hear a little bit more happy. He sounds a little very, happier. He sounds very optimistic, despite how being how bad the team is. And I, I think LA right now is just like you said, like he was saying how they're struggling to score goals, and the goaltending hasn't really been there as it has been in the past. And it doesn't help that Jonathan Quick's been hurt, and Jack Campbell's now hurt, and you're right. looking at Peter Budai to be your guy, and Cal Peterson got put in his very first game in the National Hockey League against the Leafs, and. Uh, for the record, he didn't let him score in the third period, so that's probably good for him. But right, L.A. is kind of this team that's really struggling, and you can't be surprised they fired John Stevens. And um, we talked about that a little bit last week, and so it's L.A.'s got a lot of work to do. And I think that's why I got Carl Hagelin because Carl Hagelin's on an expiring contract, and you don't have to worry about you know you're probably not going to worry about resigning him. Yeah, I mean he's just probably going to go well, somewhere else. Yeah, but. well here's here's the thing though. How old is Carl Hagelin right now? He's like, what, 30? Um, he's mid-30s? When did he graduate from Michigan? That's what I'm trying to figure out. When did he first go to New York? Because uh, he's, he's, he's 20 like... 20-something. He's not 30. 20-something? He's got to be like 20 Well, and he's probably one of the youngest players on their dang team. I uh, know. They are... It's, it's this weird thing that the Southwest teams right now, like San Jose is old... Anaheim. Uh, Anaheim's old. LA's old. Maybe it's just California. Yeah. yeah. Arizona's a bunch of young guns. Vegas. Yeah, no, too. it's just California. It's just a bunch of dried up raisins. You thought that would have been Florida, but. No, it's just a bunch of dried up raisins in California. It's a dry heat. Well, talking about dry heats, for all those that are uh, affected by the wildfires in California, make Ooh. sure. <laughs> yeah, bummer. <laughs> but no, for, but in all honesty, make sure that uh, we, uh, you're staying safe out there. Thoughts and prayers to yeah. all of you. Especially I'm, all of our people out in San Jose. Yeah, especially you guys. We want to make sure that, I mean, it, it's, sure. it's always hard when, especially, especially, it's so hard for them, especially with the lack of rain that they've been having. But Right, and that's know. why the forest so dried up. But like I said, it happens. And Smokey the Bear says, only you can prevent wildfires. Well, uh, what else? This is new. Water the rainforest or water water the rainforest water the forest water the rainforest. You know what? Like I said, like I said earlier, been a long day. Um, but do you I, think they could take water from the ocean? Well, I think that's how they try to. Isn't that how they try to do it? With like when they take the helicopters, put the big bucket of water, and pick up the water. Isn't that how they do it? I hope it wouldn't be fresh water because well, that's fresh water that they need to drink. Or maybe salt water. I don't know. Depends how close it is. I don't... I haven't looked I don't at the but but n- nevertheless, stay safe out there. Thoughts and prayers to all of you guys. And uh, on a lighter note... Sort of. <laughs> um, I was going to make a joke about the Kings being lit up, but I guess I can't do that no more. Nope. Um, um, unfortunately, there's a couple guys that are on the... Uh, they're not so... Uh, what's the word, Alex? Not the, uh, the L word. The... Well, I mean... I mean, Subban got lit up. Well, <laughs> Subban got hit. <sighs> so PK, so Nashville, I don't want to say he's in shambles. Pecorini is out. PK, Subban, and Victor Arvison are both on IR right now. Subban with an upper body injury, an undisclosed injury, indefinite amount of time of his return. And Victor Arvidsson broke his thumb, so he's out four to six weeks. I got one for you. Oh, no. And we're going to take this time out of the Keel podcast to go to our uh, resident reporter for uh, <clears throat> everything that is... Injury related, we go to our favorite sea urchin down in Hawaii. Sea urchin, how you doing? 
Oh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Oh, we're doing great up here. Uh, what, what, what's the injury report looking like right now for uh, a team like Nashville? Well, I mean, you got this team over here, and you got broken, 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 broken. All right, thank you to the greatest sea urchin in all the world. Uh, and back to back to here. <laughs> well, uh, for the 12 people that's actually seen Surf's Up, that was hilarious. For the rest of them, everyone's like, all right, where are you going with this? Quit jumping the shark. No pun intended, because they play the sharks tonight. Um and it's funny, like, Nashville's all right, but that's just kind of a couple weird injuries to have right now. And Subban being out, one of your you know top two pairing defensemen, and Victor Arvidsson, one of the most skilled players in the game right now. Um, we'll see how Nashville goes with that. UC Saros has looked, I say he's looked fine. Hasn't really been uber impressive. But okay. He's doing his job. Saros and Pecorini is probably the best tandem in the league right now. Was it as good as him and Limbach? <laughs> I'm saying this. Was it as good as him and Hutton? I'm, all I'm saying is this. Do you got another one? Uh, I'm trying to think. Was Dan Ellis there when, P- when Pecorino was there? I don't think so. Continue. No tandem is better than them. Not Sparks and Anderson. Bullet. Not McElhaney and Mrazek. Okay. You're... Not anybody I'm, else. I'm, I'm trying to think of all the tandems right now. Well, um, maybe, maybe, and I, I say this very, very Don't say the long going rhymer. Can't say that this year. They're I was going to say, I was going to say Rask and uh, Halak. Holy cow. Halak has had like a resurgence. It's, it. he's, he's playing for jobs. He's, he's playing for contracts. Well, he's, he's earning that contract right now. Remember, we joked about 2.75 for a backup. Are you nuts? This guy hasn't done well. He's played in Bridgeport. But it's, it's horrible. It's, it's those yellow. It's the yellow teams right now. It's the yellow teams in the East, no, Nashville, and no, they're in the Boston. West. Oh, okay, okay. To be fair, geographically, they're in the East. They play. I don't want to hear it. They play eight o'clock games. They play at a seven o'clock local time, eight o'clock Eastern time. Just saying, Central. Um, well, but, Pittsburgh's not doing that well though, so. Unfortunately, Alex, I had to bust your hypothesis, your theory. I had to bust your theory. Sorry, that's what it was. You said that all the yellow teams in the East were doing well. I said the yellow teams. Yes, Pittsburgh is yellow. No, they were black. So does Boston. Boston is more black than yellow, like Pittsburgh. Theory destroyed. I mean, are we putting into factor the, the one jersey, the bear jersey? The Pooh Bear jersey? The Pooh Bear jersey? Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Can we just talk about the fact that... Fluff, he's Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. You almost had Willy a... Willy nilly silly. Tyler! A. Up, down. Touch, a, touch, you touch. suck at singing. And B, you you you, you put a little Inglourious Bastards in there. You're like the yellow bear. The Winnie the Pooh bear Jew. <laughs> I did not say bear Jew. Yes, you did. I said For bear, a hot second. bear jersey. You I said, said Bear Jew jersey. <laughs> the Bear Jew. I'm all, hey, we talked about the I 19- mean, those. We just talked about the 1936 games there for a second. So, I mean. Hitler, um, Hitler was pissed. His Trek team sucked. <laughs> okay, Jesse Owens had a really good run. Let's just say he had a really good run. <laughs> <laughs> and so are these goalie tandems. Am I right, boys? A couple of them are. Um, get it? Couple speaking tandem? of goaltending tandems that took a real hit, Andre Vasilevsky. Out with a fractured foot. Oh, no. Why do I say oh, no, ladies and gentlemen? Because Tampa's goaltender now is Louis Domingue. Are you sure that Vasilevsky couldn't just sit in the butterfly all game? 
and just do the splits. I, it's and it happened in practice today too. It was his left foot and Tampa. You know, despite Tampa being, if I'm not mistaken, right now tops in the yes, they're still tops in the division. Um, gosh, that's gonna be a huge hit. Hey, eh? I mean that's that's right now a goaltender you cannot lose. Domingue looked good in his last start. He looked really well, but that said, I. Because right now it's an indefinite amount of time for Vasilevsky. If he misses a good extended period of time for a fractured foot, especially Tampa may be in trouble. I'm gonna pull up their kept friendly here just because I want to see who their backup is. Uh, I don't know. It, it, ain't gonna, it ain't gonna be good. Um, team Tampa. I just it's just like it's the teams in the East a, right now. Their their top goalies are going down. We had Vasilevsky right now. We'll talk about Braden Holtby in a second here. Edward Pascal, the former Manitoba Moose Eddie Saint Pascal? Fans. That's Ed- their backup? Oh, they're in great shape then. They're, they're set. In, they're in trouble. They are set to go. Stevie Y, don't jump shit quite yet. Just get in there, big shoots. Stevie uh, Y, he's going to play goalie for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, Connor Ingram's uh, with Syracuse. Uh, Connor Ingram, a former uh, Canadian World Junior goaltender. Um, Yeah, things are not looking good right now for... Tampa. I mean, if Louis Domingue can hold on for like fractured foot, what is that average? Four to s- a couple months, I would say. Uh, yeah. So it's your foot. You can't walk on it. Is Kelly working right now? I know Kelly's working right now. I probably should give. You her are a call. not gonna get her on the phone. I swear to. I swear to God. I hey, we need an expert opinion here. I don't think she knows what a fractured foot for a hockey player. Probably not. Well, she, for- she may know the one for the the normal folk. Well, I'm just saying the it's peasants of the world. The, the no. non, no, it's it's still it's bone. It's not muscle where you can rehab back in shape. It's a bone. You have to let the bone heal. You just gotta let it sit. So, Literally, because that's all you're gonna be doing is just sitting down. And unfortunately, how long is it gonna be? It's going to be a while, and the Mings have to hold the fort. And now, granted, when he was in Arizona, there wasn't much of a team in front of him. Jokes on you, but the Mings still was not good. Dude, what Vasilevsky's out the entire season. That's a broken foot. I guess the report. What, what, what if it's like? What if it's like? What if I, it's not like a hairline fracture? If what if it's like it fractured been, in well, multiple if it, places? If it, if it had been a broken foot, yes, there'd be panic. Tampa would be going for a trade right now. There would be a lot of movement in the front office now, trying to get something to happen. But dude. that's why they're not panicking. Because here's the thing, right now, because with with Chicago having three tendies and Carolina having three tendies, you could easily get one from them for cheap. Very cheap. Conditional seventh for Moretti. <laughs> conditional seventh for Pickard or Neuberth. You know? So, or McElhaney. It doesn't matter. You No! Be- you leave McElhaney where he is. <laughs> you <laughs> leave her out of this! <laughs> the, uh, not, Ins- instead of Darlene, stay back in the truck. It's Darlene. Darlene! Darlene, you get, get back. back in the truck! McElhaney getting that! Morazic, go back to Tampa. Go to not, go, not go back to Tampa, but go just go to Tampa. We're going to send you to Tampa for what? Uh, that, that way you can drown. A bag of pucks and you get a goal stick. Okay. Um, yeah, so Tam- I don't know what Tampa's really going to do. I, I just am worried about them. You know? I they're going to pray. They're going to pray. I, I want to see I want to see their schedule now, who they have coming up here, because if they're... It don't matter. Hey, if they're going to play a lot of offense... The Tampa team, Bay Lightning are going to have to play, like we talked about with Martin Brodeur, 
hook and grab trap defense. Uh, they're Pittsburgh's beating them right now, two one. Uh, they're in the because honestly, I'd rather put Victor Hedman in net. They got Philly on. Can Saturday, we do that? So. What could you do that? Could you just take a defensive player and put him in net? Mm, maybe is that against the rules? As long as he's on a roster. Um, they got Philly on Saturday, which who knows with Philly. Nashville can put up a lot of goals. There's that. Florida has the talent. Chicago, I don't know what Chicago, New Jersey, Anaheim, Buffalo. Okay, not too. Buffalo, I'd be probably nervous for. Because yeah. Buffalo is a spooky team. Because Buffalo's already beaten Tampa this year. Nah, Philly's a spooky team. First team, that first time Tampa plays Toronto is the 13th of next month. That's the first game. Well, I mean, for Tampa's sake, they might as well just be... They might just do what uh, Washington did the other night. Oh, no. Have to have an emergency goalie. Oh, yes. So, Braden Holtby goes out with an undisclosed upper body <laughs> injury before the morning before the game last night against Winnipeg. And University of Manitoba women's goalie coach Gavin McHale gets the call to be the backup. And that was pretty funny. I mean, well, I don't see funny, but... It's always kind of cool to see a, a back or an emergency backup get in for a second. You'll get some shots and warm ups, and I mean, shoot, I mean, and thanks like Phoenix Copley played really well at net because that got into a, out of hand. That could have been a disaster. And um, no, I uh, I just think um, the Bush League. <laughs> I want to talk about it. All right, we'll get into it. So we'll move on from this game. We're going to come back to this game in a minute after there's a certain play that happened towards the end of that game. That'll probably we'll talk about that later on. But um, Tuka Rask did go home a week ago. This actually we go around this time, uh, personal reasons. Well, that's why Halak, I believe, started Saturday, and it was not really uh, released why he left, why he went home, or for personal reasons. Uh, Alex, you really want to talk about this? Well. I think it's just weird. Why? Uh, well, I like, okay. I there's nothing really to report, and I don't think there will be anything to report, or there should be anything to report. It's just because <clears throat> obvi- obviously the way it's being treated, it it's something personal. Well, yes, that's and, why he left for personal <clears throat> reasons, and they probably won't be released. Well, they it won't. Well, be, they it won't, probably shouldn't be released. But I'm just, it's well, weird. Remember, well, sometimes they'll announce like like when Jake Allen a couple years ago when he went home. Then the team sent him home to kind of just refocus and whatever. That was released because that was okay because Jake Allen allowed it. There's probably something going on with Tuca, but I wouldn't look into it. He's back. He's back in the lineup. Nobody's panicking. It's if like I said, if he wants something to be released like that, he'll probably he will <clears throat> come out and say it. But uh, knowing Tuca, I don't think he will. I don't think he, I don't, I won't read much too much into it. If his game starts to suffer, well, uh, obviously it'll be speculation and questions being asked. But. Until then, right now. I mean, because think about like Craig Anderson with his wife and stuff. Well, that of well, that's different. That's a well. Every, everybody knew that, and well, it's still personal as hell. Yeah, but maybe there's something Tuka doesn't Tuka doesn't want released, and I think Craig fair. Craig was probably comfortable enough. He probably talked to Nicole, and you know, they probably talked about it quite often, and had mentioned, you know, hey, is this so? Do you want to keep this under wraps? And she probably said, oh, nope, go for it. Let, you know, people people should know. That's still one of the one of the most. That se- that whole season, no, the one video where he got the first star of the game. After oh yeah, after where uh, was it? Cam Talbot came out and gave him an applause. On he, the bench. he he stand right, he was standing at the bench. Yep, right after the Edmonton game. Yep. It oh my God. that that one always got me because hockey's such a beautiful game. <clears throat> I, I, we hate this game, but we love it. 
Oh, I love well, excuse me, we hate I don't the, hate we this hate, game. We hate the league. I hate I, the league. You hate the league because you're a stubborn, yeah, weird old dude. But oh 55-year-old man and 23-year-old Here, man. Here's what I'll say about the Rask situation. Regardless of whether or not anything will be reported or whatever, blah, 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 personal stuff, at least this this game is beautiful enough that whatever happens, Rask will be taken care of and his family will be better off because hockey's just this Oh, we don't know big, who big, is with. Yeah. Well, it could, it, well, it could it's, be a personal thing, just himself. It could be family. Who knows? But, needless to say, whatever the problem is, the hockey community will be there to support him. Agreed. Just like how they've supported... You know, Craig Anderson and his family, and just keep going. And, you know, Brian Boyle, you just keep going on and on and on. Name any player that's had any problem whatsoever. Hockey has helped them out. Exactly. It's a beautiful sport, beautiful, beautiful league. And uh, now, stuff that's not so beautiful. Well, Tom Wilson's kind of pretty. No, he's not. <laughs> so, Tom Wilson had his suspension reduced from 20 games down to 14 even though he missed 16 games. Math, ladies and gentlemen, let's do it together. That's two more games than it was supposed to be, according to the arbitrator. Now, so, do, do you... He was refunded, by the way. He was. His the money? money? Was given, yes, the money was Okay, I was about to say, I bring the receipt. <laughs> Here's my ticket. I want my money. Now, you're telling me right now that I paid 16 games for a 14-game meal? I want my refund. I want my refund. Um... So here's, I understand, okay, yes, they brought a third party in. I understand the arbitrator's job. It is his job. It's like a defense lawyer in a murder case. No matter what, no matter how bad the murder was, no matter how bad the evidence is, you still have to put your darndest case together to defend that, to defend your client. It's called a Cheshire smile, guys. Exactly. And the arbitrator came in there for the NHLPA. They gave him this case for Tom Wilson. He had to do his best to get it uh, reduced, and he did his job. Do I trust that man's morals? Absolutely not. Because Oscar Sumquist, his brain, 20 years from now, will not be the same. Because Tom Wilson decided to, uh, well, take his hat off. I mean, hey, at least he can, maybe he can uh, retire right now and jump the board with all the other NHL players. Oh, that God, are I'm, not, I'm not getting into that. That's, <laughs> that's too much nitpickiness for me. Nonetheless, I do not agree with this because the Tom Wilson hit should never have happened. And he should be penalized for it. The NHL should have been so much more stubborn about this and not allowed it. Was it just because of the fact that, I mean, shoot, if you waited four more, if you if you were able to hold in this case for two more weeks, all you had to do is pay him back. That's all you had to have done. I do not agree on any aspect of this, the fact that the league allowed the suspension to be reduced. It's not the fact of it actually happening. It's the fact of the moral aspect of a repeat offender getting rewarded for having to sit out. And it's it was ridiculous. I, I just do not agree with it whatsoever. I just, it, it's un, it is completely ridiculous. It is dumb. I do not, I, this is why I don't like the league, Alex. Oh, that, now you're. Okay, you're right. It's the they NFL. gave him the game, the games back. No, that's the problem. He should never have given the given the games back. There should never have been a reduction of the suspension. You should have gone with 20 games and call it good. I understand there's a third party arbitrator, but that's the problem. I this is why the lockout's going to happen because stupid stuff like this, money, arbitrators, all this other mumbo jumbo outside of the game, 
outside. What do you off- mean? The lockout's not going to happen because one guy had a reduced sentence. No, but that because if anything, Dennis, that would be Dennis Weidman. Here's who, a, no, who no, ended no, no, a rest no, 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 career. No, no, no. Dude, his suspension got his suspension got reduced too, Alex. There are more by a third party arbitrator of the National Hockey League's Player Association. Exactly, and the league is going to fight this, and the players are going to fight it as well. It's uh, yes. things like this. The players are going to fight their own players' association. That no, makes no, 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 a no, damn fight, lick no, of sense. No, they're going to fight the league on this. Is what I'm trying to say. Because why are they fighting the league on this? Because the league is going to want to try to say, I'm "Like, listen, guys, this ain't so good." But the players, are like, we want, we need our protection. We need our third party guys to help us out and our representatives. Blah blah blah. And yeah, they did protect him. They mm-hmm. gave him games back. What for what? Yes, you're gonna okay. So you're giving a guy that. So you're telling. So oh, here, here, here's, Tom Wilson no, 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 no. Here's here's my yes. question. Here's my question. You want these players to be like, well, we need more concussion protocol, and we need more stuff like this to protect our players' like heads and stuff. That way, they don't end up like players that are currently suing the NHL. And at the same time, but. But at the same time, we want we want representation. So just in case any one of us gets suspended, we don't lose money. Exactly. That makes no sense. No, that, that's that, not no, going to be the reason why the lockout is. So the lockout's going to going to be because the players are going to be fighting the players, and then there's going to be no more players association because they're fighting themselves and the purposes that they're doing for themselves. That makes damn like a sense. I know, but that's how the, is this the league's fault? How is the league's fault? It's not. It, it's going to be a fight on just nitpicky things like this. Everything off the ice is going to be the problem with the CBA. The players want more money. The players want more representation. However, the players don't like how the game is going, and that's just unfortunate the way it is. They, like I said, we want protection. Well, a guy just got brained twenty games. Well, we need our third party arbitrator to come in to help this guy out who just brained somebody. Oscar Sunkus will never. This is not a league problem. This is a players' association problem. I know, problem. and that's why I. That's why I'm trying to figure out how this. It's not going to be a lockout. It's going to be okay. The players' the association. Fact that Bill Daly is still in charge of the players' association is mind-boggling. Exactly. So, I go back. How is this the league's fault? Because the league should have really. They should have forced their hand. And they should not have allowed the suspension to be reduced. They should have fought it every step of the way. But then the NHLPA would have been like. Well, the third arbitra- third party arbitrator that we brought in, you just basically took his opinion and shoved it down the gutter. If you're not, that's gonna, the point. If you're not, because for if, something like this, if the league's not going to listen to the third per- party arbitrator, what's the then point why, of them? What's the point of them exactly? So then, the then league, get- the league doesn't care about the opinion of the players because they didn't like the opinion of the third party if arbitrator you, because they didn't step up like you the, want them you think to. Of the opinion of the players' association because the players. That is not a hit that no player, any the player. The third wants to party see. arbitrator was assigned by the players' association. It's the players' association's fault, and it's the players' fault. Yes, I well, it's, yes, the players who vote these people. It's in, not yes, the problem of the, the league. The league, but the league was the one fighting the arbitrator. That's the problem. Yes, because the arbi- lost and they lost. That's my problem. Is that this the should fact ne- that the they lost should never have been reduced. The suspension should never have been reduced. So you're it blaming is dumb that they bring someone else in to defend stupid stuff like this. This is my problem. I'm having. It's not the league's think- fault. It's not the league's fault. You're you're contradicting yourself as you're speaking. You're saying what's well, the league's it's fault? The, well, yes, it's the league. Okay, it is, st- take stop, take stop. five seconds. No, it's because you're saying it's the league's fault because the because NHL they- PA, PA does something. It's not the league's fault that the, the league NH- could have fought this harder. Is what I'm trying to say. So you're telling me that they're going to reduce the sentence for it was Tom? The same thing with Austin. Hold Watson. on, hold on, hold the on. Same thing with Austin Watson, Alex. Okay, 
Different stories, yes, I know we said that before, but the NHL has to force their hand harder on situations like this. Okay, but here's the thing also, though. If the third third party arbitrator even got it reduced two games, only two games, so from 20 games to 18 games, and it took half a season to do. He would have been refunded, yes. Yeah, it would have been the same situation, and you still would have been like, they shouldn't have reduced the sentence, even though it was way past the Well, it wouldn't have mattered at that point, Alex, because he still would have sat out the 20 games, which he deserved. Money aspect, whatever. If that's all it is, whatever. It's not the NHL's fault. It's the NHLPA's fault. The entire NHLPA... This lockout is going to literally just... It's not going to be a lockout. It's going to be a... The NHLPA the looking is, at itself and be like, "Crap, we suck. That's We're the, not doing our job right." Well, no, because the, no, they're not the NHLPA. The because of the, the NH, if the NHLPA, NHLPA is, cared about its players, it would not have given a third party arbitrator to Tom Wilson. I completely agree with you. There. So it's the problem of the NHLPA and not the NHL. Because what's the NHL going to do? The NH- fight for 20 games and then just like, oh, well, it's over now. I'm not going to well, fight it anymore. Exactly, because there's no point because they lost the battle. So that's what, that's what I'm saying. The NHL and then be out and money. Yes, it is the problem of the NHLPA for fighting for this because guess what? They, at the time, suspensions were kind of given a little fuzzy at that point of the 2012-2013 season. So you're mad at the NHL for trying to fight for what you wanted. For the, no, for the players fighting for what they wanted, but unfortunately, the way it sounds, they did not know what they wanted. Now they see stuff like this, like, oh, wait, this sucks. So I don't, and this is going to, this may be a hot take, the it will the current CBA negotiations will not necessarily be the NHL versus the NHLPA. It's going to be the NHLPA versus the players. Hot take, it is going to be the players fighting themselves. So you're agreeing with what I just said, and then you're also agreeing with the fact that it's not the NHL's fault, Correct. No. Yes or no? Yes or no? Stop. Let me repeat myself for the fourth time, Alex. The NHL said it. No. I yes, I agree with you. The it's the NHL. It's the players' fault for allow the NHLPA's fault for having something like this in the the CBA. Players versus the NHLPA. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. No, that's not. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is going to happen in in 2021. Why we're not going to have a season? Why we're going to be doing AHL talk? We're going to be talking all about junior hockey is because of the NHLPA. Wait. Wait, in okay. this case scenario where the NHL should have fought harder to keep that 20-game suspension, that's where they lost this battle. In the future, yes, it's you'll look at this, it's the NHLPA's fault for this even happening. So you're mad at the NHL for losing I'm, and I'm putting up effort. I'm disappointed the NHL did not try harder to keep the suspension at 20 games. I am disappointed in the NHLPA for, allowing, for even having a thought of allowing a third-party arbitrator, whatever the CBA is, to... to the, the, like, like I understand why they did it. They want representation so they don't lose money. I understand that. But for the principal fact of a guy going on the ice and trying to take someone's head off, that should be something that's reprimanded. Okay? That's why okay. I think the CBA is going this to be... It's yeah, I'm going agreeing to be, with this. It's an internal civil war battle that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. The league versus the NHLPA, that'll be a side bet. That'll be just on the player's salaries. But the NHLPA against itself is they're going to have to take a hard look at themselves if they want to be properly represented and represented correctly. We have a ref that will never ref ever again, and Dennis Wyman only got 15 games for that. Tom Wilson came back four games early. It should, I mean, obviously, it would have been six games early if the, the deal had been settled sooner. For th- Thankfully, Oscar Sundquist is going to be back playing again, but he came uh, in an absolutely cheap shot beyond belief. I'm just saying there's things like this that do not, that are going to crumble this league to its core. It's not going to crumble the league. It's what's gonna. Cr- it's gonna crumble the NH- the player association. Yes, you're right. The players. It's going. There's something going to happen, and it's going to rock the game. 
it's not going to end well. I agree to everything you just said. Now I'm going to point out the fact that you wouldn't be disappointed in the NHL for losing after not putting up what NHL- you said. Hold on, hold on. I let you talk. I'll let me talk now. They would not have had to put up a fight and lose and, in your words, not put up good enough a fight if the NHLPA didn't do this. So it's the NHLPA's fault for even having to put the NHL in the situation. It's for the NHL agreeing to the NHLPA allowing <clears throat> to have an arbitrator. And at that time in 2012, the, the mindset was different among the Players Association and the players of how they wanted to be represented. This is how I thought they wanted to be represented. Unfortunately, they probably didn't think of cases like this. And like I said, it's trial and error. This is going to happen in 2020. We're going to learn a lot of things about the NHLPA. There's going to be a lot of movement, and there's going to be a lot. And we, I'll be honest, half a year, that'd be great. I'm looking at getting ready for a full season of CHL recaps and stuff. I'm sorry. We're not going to do CHL. Let's do AHL, please. We can do both. <sighs> please, oh, wow. please, AHL. Because that's something that I, I'm, I'm more, I like. Because at least it's semi-pro. Well, CHL, it's kids. Certain members of CHL get paid pretty well. Johnny Tavares got paid a lot of money. Connor McDavid got a little bit of money. Let's be honest. Um, Big city built sisters, please. Oh, you calm yourself over there. <laughs> um, but it's just, I am mentally preparing myself for it. So if it does happen, I'll be fine. If it doesn't happen, I'll be elated. It's I'll the NHLPA's fault. They'll have the entire summer. Not the league's fault. They'll have the summer to call, negotiate a CBA. Here's the problem with it. It ain't going to happen. You want to know why? Two stubborn sides, and the players are going to allow the Players Association to determine for them. And guess what? They're not going to like. But it's going to be a, it's going to be a fight between the players and the Players Association. That's what you just said. Problem. I don't think they see it yet. I really don't think they. In see which it case, yet. you can't have a lockout just because a union doesn't like its union. No, it's it's the CBA. It's the it's the agreement between the Players Association and the league itself. That's what the lockout. That's going to be over. The, that's going to be over the money, and that's going to take a summer. The biggest problem. Well, that was that's an issue was going to be before, and then guess what? Twenty twelve happened. The biggest problem is going to be the players and their own union that they are supposed to control. Quote but of course, unquote. but of course, that will not end. That will not lock out a season. However, exactly. that will come up during the CBA talks. I guarantee it. What's the league going to do? Tell the, them how to run their union. The league's going to sit there and just sit back and just be like do whatever you guys want. We'll wait for you to talk about it. Exactly. So it's if anything a lockout is going to be because of the no no there won't it's well, not because the well if, if they sign a CBA the league <clears throat> PA that's fine but here's the problem the players have to take a hard look of who's representing them they're going to have Bill Daly's got to be out well hold, Walk, all I'm saying Bill, is this one person me, uh, uh, Donald Fair excuse me I keep saying Bill Daly Donald Fair far, pardon me well needless to say doesn't doesn't matter who they're going to put in charge one person that you don't want representing the players. Going about this, Milan Lucic. Oh, jeez. Oh, I'm taking a hard turn. What the crap was this? So, okay, do you want to... He mugged him. No. I want... Okay, this isn't even a hot take. At, in, like, in comparison to what Milan Lucic did to this poor rookie, so, this is an ice-cold take. So This is Bush League. Hold on. Do you want to know what happened, Alex? Okay, you, you tell me what happened Obviously, that I'm not seeing on the screen right now. Matthew Joseph, rookie Matthew Joseph, decided he was going to lay the bye to Chris Russell from behind. In also, side note, Darnell Nurse is a effing, you know, A-S, all the bad words. 
Well, Alex, you you got to see the story. Obviously, you okay. Not, what's the story? Look up, look up Matthew Joseph hitting Chris Chris Russell because obviously you haven't seen it yet. He hits him from behind, cheap shot from behind. Doesn't get called, doesn't get a penalty, no hearing from the league, nothing. But nobody took exception to it at that time. Milan Lucic, as you always defend, Alex, doing his job, as you always say, protecting his players, his star players, even though Chris Russell's not knowing far from a star player, but doing his job. He hits he sees him and he doesn't like it. And yes, he literally chases him down. Like a lion chasing down Gisele hit? in the Serengeti. Chris, Chris Russell. Russell. Chris Russell. And you should see it. They should be able to play it. You'll Wasn't this the boarding call that... That went awry? Yes. It'll probably show it here in a second. As you're trying to... Oh, there. Probably trying to watch the video. Ha, there, look, there's Milan Lucic looking at him right now. I won't see here. This hit right... Here comes. Right there. That hit. That's what sparked him. Everyone saw it. The, it went uncalled. And Milan Lucic just went... And he went after him. Now, here's, I'm, you know, okay, there was no sucker punch. He just tackled him. It wasn't a blindsiding check. All right. He just tackled him. He hard tackled him. And was it, could he have done it different? Yes, he was fine. 10 grand. I'm okay with it. He jumped him. He jumped him. Yes, he did. This, this. <laughs> All right, let's go back. To, I want Let's go back to my thing of he's defending his player. All right. I want to see straight up Darren McCarty him. He pinned him to the ground and start wailing on him. He could have done a lot worse, though. You know that. Well, you might as well. He was just if trying to... If well, you he would know, have been suspended if he, thrown, if, if he had been out bloodied, he would have been, there would have been a suspension for sure. If you already know that you're going to pay the price, might as well go all the way. If I'm going to go to rob a bank, I'm not going in there to get 50 bucks. I'm going for the whole shebang. Open all the vaults. Or well, one vault, whatever, whatever. I just, here's the thing about it. I see that hit, and I'm like, ah, that was probably not a good idea. But after seeing the hit that Joseph did, yeah, he deserved it. Absolutely. He tackled him, and he, he didn't, like I said, Matthew Joseph was going to walk away from it. it here's looked, the thing, though. Chris I, Russell, I think, is I use right. I used the Darren McCarty situation, where but he, that was already... After where he, where he Igor Larionov and Peter Forsberg were going he, after, and the play was dead. Where he suckered Claude Lemieux, exactly. And the play was dead. Mind you. Milan Lucic in a Luthez press. He just straight up did it in the middle of play. Exactly. Well, hey, he got to send a message somehow. But I that, want this brawl to happen. I want it. I want I want Darnell Nurse versus Killorn. Give I want fight Nurse. <laughs> Which is funny, because his name's Nurse. Yeah. Nurse. Nurse! Nurse! Uh, nurse? Um, I mean, if you of all people should understand it, Alex. But you think he just jumped some kid for no good reason. No, he did a bur- He did. Hey, out of all the things he could have done. I just don't like the fact that it was in the middle of play. Now, what do you want him to jump him off the play? That's even worse. Darren McCarty sucker punched Claude Lemieux after the play. That's how the whole thing started. Uh, no, the That's whole why Patrick Wall came out of the no, net. No, 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 no. The whole thing started with Peter Forsberg and Igor Larionov having a wrestling match, and then Darren McCarty, best punch. friend of Igor Larionov, no, was Chris like Draper of Chris Draper. That was all Chris Draper thing, Alex. No, well, Darren McCarty and Igor Larionov are best friends too. Let's be honest here. Mm. Yes. No. Yes. No. Needless to say, Chris Draper got me all messed up now. Darren McCarty was like, well, that fight's going on. I'm going to get Claude. Hey! <laughs> In the words of Ed, Ed, and Eddie, 
Hey! And he sucker Get over there! Claw Come man. eat my fist! He sucker punched him. Would you rather Mia Lynch sucker punch the kid? No. He talk. He tackled him. Kid probably got stunned. I would have rather sucks. him either straight up fought him or punched him in the face after a play. No, I'd rather no. If you sucker punched him, that's a problem. That's kind don't of stop a play for it. There was going on. It was a, it was a slow breakout. It wasn't like anyone was on a breakaway. It was just a breakout. This Edmonton was trying to break the puck out. It's almost it was almost kind of humorous the way it happened. You see him just going skating around. You could see he's following him around the ice, and he just tackled him in the way they went. And like I say, I've seen worse, and that could have been a lot worse. So ten thousand dollars, and that's fair enough. But speaking of fines. That came down recently, particularly today. Um, for those that don't didn't watch the Winnipeg Washington game last night, we <laughs> talked about it a little bit earlier. If you guys remember, let's take it back a few weeks. Remember when me Mike and Tyler Ma- went off on each Mike other? Mike Matheson choke slams Elias Pettersson to the ice. No, that wasn't a choke slam. He just dropped him. Power bombed him. No. Rock bottomed him. More like a drove yeah. him into the ice. Yeah, more of like a rock bottom. So last night, tough game. Winnipeg's picked a one goal lead against Washington in their home barn. Josh Morrissey and TJ Oshie go in the corner. Morrissey puts Oshie into the glass. Okay. And then Morrissey decides to do a back suplex on him and drop him on the back of his head. No call. No penalty. No fight. Winnipeg puts in the empty netter. After TJ Oshie tries to get up, does not know where he is, doesn't know what country he is. He knew where he was. Oh, no, oh my gosh. I... He had the wherewithal to get in the, into the slot. I oh he was on. I trust me. I've talked to players that have been concussed. I talked to a player for uh, for Davenport last night. I'm not going to name his name, but he played the rest of the game. Came up to me after said, "Yeah, I don't remember playing the third period." I'm just saying, you can play off instinct alone. You will not remember. T.J. Oshie does not remember what happened. He did not know what he was doing. You could tell he was struggling to get to the front of that net. You, if you watch him, he is. Out of it, he looks like he had. He was like he was skating he through. He looked a walk- like he had probably a whole bottle of Fireball. He looked like he was going through a walkthrough. Exactly, and he just did not know what was going on. And they, he had a chance to get on a loose puck. Unfortunately, he just couldn't react to it because his brain had just been slammed into the ice, and that led to the Winnipeg empty netter. Winnipeg gets two points. Washington's already having issues as it is. Brayden Holtby wasn't in net. Copy, like I said, Copy played really well, and of course there was a hearing, an over the phone hearing. So that only meant that Josh Morrissey got fined less than $9,000, like $8,700-something to be exact. You're telling me $9,000, less than $9,000. I'm pulling up Josh Morrissey's cap hit right now. I, I just, for literally slamming a guy to the ice, if Oshi did not get a concussion from that, I am surprised. Because you could tell he was struggling to the highest degree to get back to the front of the net. There was no, he had no business trying to play. I'm surprised he didn't just skate right off the ice. I think it's because there's only a couple minutes left. Morrissey right now is getting paid $3.15 million. Mm-hmm. Good so player. you're telling me Good player. 9,000 of that is going to be taken off because he straight up slammed a guy on the ice for the almost the exact same play that happened with Matheson Pedersen. And he doesn't get a suspension. Only gets a not. That's not even a slap on the wrist. That's a go to your room for a couple minutes. That's not even a slap on the wrist, Alex. A cheap hit once again to a top, high, highly skilled player. And the league 
with a great opportunity to set an example. Let's it go. What what example are we trying to show now, Alex? I know we just talked about the league and the whole Tom Wilson bit, but what is this? What's the league trying to do now? Are you trying to set an example, or are you just saying that and kind of just throwing discipline up to you know for whatever? Just kind of like ah, that was bad on you. Here's you know, give us a few dollars. And do you think this is payback for the Tom Wilson situation? No, you think they'd suspend him for that if that were the case? What do you think, like a makeup call? Kind of. No, because Tom Wilson deserved every bit of that 20-game suspension. It could have been more. We talked about this. Well, no, I'm, I'm talking about, like, <clears throat> the league or the NHLPA defending somebody who should have got a bigger suspension. Well, the NHLPA isn't involved yet. The only way is they bring in the arbitrator. If they wanted to appeal the fine, which would be absolute cowardness by the NHLPA if they did that, for a fine at least. Especially such a small fine of nine. Like well, less. think about it. They reduced the sentence to 14 games. So. And they reimbursed him for the other and two. And maybe at most, Maurice would get like, what, four games? Well, he was just, remember, he spent last year for cross-checking Eric okay, so Stahl. Six, so six games. It should have been. Uh, well, the okay. makeup call for Tom Wilson. Remember, get- Mike Matheson was uh, fined before he got suspended for two, three, two or three. Two, so I, no, it's so, three games, I think. So if you if you set that as a precedent, that's at least three games. Okay. Okay. So and then and then, Matt, and then Maurice, before, and then Maurice, been five <clears throat> should have been five games. So so five games. Yes. Add one more game. That's six games. That's six games that the Tom Wilson sentence was taken off. If if you wanted to go with the route that it is a makeup call, there's your there's your conspiracy theory. Well, they should have. Added, if that was a make, if they were if they were mad that they allowed something like that, then they should have added more games to it. They should have suspended for a game. The thing is that just of course, so, just for the NHL to PA to bring in another arbitrator and then get a reduced sentence again. For what? For you can't you can't I drop I, a guy to the ice like that, Alex. I see where it's not a good hit. I understand why... Because you must learn from the last argument we had about a kind of hit like that. Uh, okay, I'm saying three things here. One, he got fined. Two, if he, if he does get suspended, it's rightfully earned. But three, it's a hardworking play. I know it doesn't have a place in the league anymore. Thank you. But because you knew what I was going to say next. But you're right. He's trying. It's to, a hard working play. It's late in the game. You're trying to win a hockey game. I get that. But you can Morrissey just put a guy into the boards, rub him off, take him out of the play that Hold way. Hold on, let me look at them. We talked about this before, Alex. I want to give Morrissey the benefit of the doubt, and maybe you he there wasn't there was no reason he did there was extra there was extra to that, and you know this. He took him down. He slammed him the ice. He could have just pinned him up against the boards and let the clock run out. Instead, he decided to take him, put him in the boards, and throw him. There was no good reason to be doing that. I don't agree with the play whatsoever. I don't like it. it. There was just nothing good to come from that. I don't know why he did it. He just... It's plays like that that make me wonder, what are you trying to accomplish here? It's not Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. It's Game... Like what? 25 for them now or 20 what game 20 of the season like just straight up spine busted him look he's folded in half 
Here, move your lead. I gotta see this again. So he puts him in the boards, and right, yeah, what? Why are you doing that? You hit him. The puck's moving along, and you still take. Well, the extra both second. players fall backwards. Oh no! Rewind it. Rewind it. I Hold want on. You. They're gonna they're gonna go to the part. Well, well, you keep talking. I know. I want to see it one more time. I want to see it. In, I want to see it full speed, Alex. I want to see it full speed. See, look. Yes, you're telling me he does not take that extra second to do that. Yeah, he does. Thank you. There is an oh, you're, that's and, a heartbroken plate right there. Please. No, it's not. That's that's a cheap hit, Alex. Well, I'm saying that with a smile on my face. You know, I I understand you're joking. Yes, I understand, but that's just, I am not. I the fact that that's not a a considered a suspendable hit shocks me to the highest degree. Okay, what are you like? He puts him in the boards. I'm fine right there. Puck's gone, and then he drops him to the ice. The puck leaves the play. It goes behind the net, out of harm's way. You get him off the puck. Good. You did your job. And then you do the extra little bit of throwing if he land, if he If he lands flat on his back, it's no problem at all. It's no. A, no, he's, he's not. He's not hurt. He'll be probably a little wind taken out of him. And well, maybe maybe a fine there for the extra roughing. I, I would say a fine there would be fine. But the fact that he turns and drops him on his noggin. Well, I don't think he purposely means to drop him on his noggin. I think he means to put him down. There's, there should have been this is, this is a fierce going penalty back to, for this. Going the consequence should have been higher. Going back to the Matheson hit. I think both these situations, the person doing the damage doesn't mean to give harm to the head. But, would, would, would you say that's fair? I pro- yeah, I would probably say so. I don't think it meant, so, to, I don't think it meant to hurt him. However, it's unnecessary. Very unnecessary. Well, yeah, then give him a roughing call. I know it wasn't called on the play, but still. You, you find... Well, the, like, then find him for the roughing, but it... it and of course Tom Wilson's in the play! Well, <laughs> of course, he's right there! It's a makeup call! It, you're, we're taking away your TJ Oshie, one of your best players, because Tom Wilson... <laughs> Tom I, Wilson versus the league, that's the narrative. That's, just, gonna, that's gonna be the next CBA talks. Tom Wilson versus the league. I just, I, I, Gary Bettman's on one side of the table and Tom Wilson's on the other. It, it kills it. me the fact that he wasn't suspended. That should have been, a, that's at least three games. At least mat, match Matheson's hit or something like that. If Oshie's considered out with a concussion, there's, there's going to be an uprising. I, I, the fact that this. Maybe it's the fact. I don't know. It was such a. It I'm was, trying to, I'm trying to think about this. I'm trying to think of how he defended him. It's, it's the thing of. There's no, why there's no, need, why do you need to do that, Alex? Finish hey, your check. Finish your check. You put him in the boards. You can't finish him anymore. I mean, you're already Turning tied up. throwing him to the ice. I mean, Alex, you're it's inexcusable, up. Alex. Well, I understand. There's no good reason. I'm, he didn't intend what are you trying to, to prove? drop him on his head. What are you trying to prove? As Me? a defense. No, what are you trying to prove you do a hit like that? Like, oh man, I'm so strong. I can throw guys across the ice. Okay, whatever. Dustin Bufflin can drag guys across too, whatever. But throwing a guy to the ice in cause of an injury, that's the issue I'm having with this. But he didn't mean to cause an injury. I'm sure he didn't, but... Tom Wilson meant to cause an injury. Okay, depends on... If you ask him, he probably like, I was trying to finish my job. But anyways, I'm just saying it's an avoidable play. The league could have came out a lot harder. It's unfortunate that TJ Oshie landed how he did. If he landed but more on Morrison his back knew what or he on was his doing. Well, yes. He was trying to put him down to the ice. And the fact there wasn't a call made on the play initially is shocking. 
Yeah, fine. Is that a hometown call? That's not a... Oh, my goodness. That's in a Winnipeg? bunch... In Winnipeg? Oh, you know damn well, sure, that all those... F- I'm trying not to swear right now because you're being ridiculous. That, that you... You, you have this stupid freaking conspiracy in your mind that referees are, like, influenced by... The fact that there's like, oh, there's the home team and there's a hometown call, blah, blah. No. Referees are paid to call it down the middle. They are. Yes, they are, Alex. So you know but they what? But hum- they are human. So instead of saying, oh, it was a hometown call, you could have been, they made a mistake. They did make a mistake. Stop making this stupid narrative, just like the rest of the media does, where referees are making calls about with bias of the home crowd that way they're, you know, liked and all this stuff. I'm not saying that's the official reason why, but I I suggested it. You're the one that thought I accused him of it. I just suggested it. Well, you shouldn't even suggest it because it's the stupidest freaking thing I've ever heard. Well, that's a dumb play. A dumb play, a missed call, and a a, dumb move by the league. It's a missed call. You're right. Missed call? It's not a, it's not a, it's not like. Everyone's at fault in the situation. Morrissey for making the play. For making the unnecessary extra hit, the referee for not making the call, the league for not enforcing their hand even more. Across the board. I think it's still stupid that you said, even even brought the, the idea up of referees making a hometown call. That's stupid. It's ignorant. It's happened before. History has proven it. There has been plays oh. before. You can see it. You can see when calls are made at certain times in games. Yes. Okay. You're and you know, you know what happens to those referees? They get reprimanded. Exactly. They get Will reduced. Will this ref get reprimanded? I sure hope so. Hopefully, there's something the league, the league official. What if they just didn't see it? There's two refs on the ice. The puck was right there. Okay. That's the reason why there's then two officials. Then dock pay. Don't dock you pay. You cannot dock pay. The referees union will not allow that. Well, then you, you can penalize them then. You can find you can. I don't know what they. I don't know you what can they find do. Them. It's never there. publicized. Whatever. There, you can find them. Done. Oh yeah, find them like Morrissey. Eight thousand dollars. Slap on the wrist. Move on. This league, I tell you, it's not the freaking league. It's the, this league. Sometimes it just. Oh my! You need to stop complaining about the league, and then you need to think about something else to complain about because it is, it is, it is a broken record, son. If there was a, if there was a suspension on that hit, Alex, guess what? I would not have, I would not have had an issue with it. I'd be like, all right, you got suspended, good, justice is served, keep her moving. Unfortunately, he only got fined. He got fined for him. But who's uh, to say that Maurice wouldn't go and want an, a third party arbitrator just to get a reduced sentence? So if it's six, it would if, take if, six games to do exactly. That. It wouldn't make sense. Hey, he sat out. If he sat out those three, or well, he, let's say he got spent with my Matson. It's three games. If he takes five games to get the arbitrator, fine. He gets paid his money back. Whatever, I don't care. But he gets set. He sits for well, five then, games. Then you, then you would sit there and you complain about why is he getting his money back? He should have his reduced. I pay. never, Alex. You're bringing back Tom Wilson. I know you are. I never complained about Tom Wilson getting his money back. I complained about the fact that the suspension was reduced. That's my problem. It's not well, the money. You're com- well, I'm you're- never having an issue with the money. Well, you're, okay? you just complained about how it's just a slap on the wrist. Because it with the was, money. That's, that's, that's a suspendable hit, Alex. No, you're talking about money. You're saying it could be. It should be more. That's what you just I, said. No. It's a slap on the wrist. Because a, a fine is nothing. A suspension is actually worth something. A suspension is missing games. Winnipeg yeah, needs more on defense. That's money. 
I don't. Yes, he's losing money. And guess what? If you gave that's, the money, if you gave the money back later, whatever. I don't care. The fact what's the worst the principle part? of missing games. Oh yes, the principle of missing games, which. In all honesty, to the players, what's the worst part about missing games unless it's in the playoffs? Money. The team does... Well, the team needs him on the ice. Oh, yeah, but worst comes to worst, they can fill a spot just like they would for an injury. But it's money. But I never... like Regular season play... I don't care about the money. That's why I said, Alex. I don't have a problem that Tom Wilson got refunded for those two games that he supposedly missed after the suspension was reduced. I have a problem with the suspension being reduced. I don't have a problem... With, like I said, $9,000. The only reason why I say it's a slap on the wrist for $9,000 is because $9,000 is nothing to him. If he's suspended, and the only, if he had to pay $9,000 and was suspended, yes, that's different. And he got refunded those $9,000, whatever. I don't care. But a suspension, to me, and I think to the team and the fans itself, is worth more than... I mean, maybe Morrissey's different. Maybe Morrissey prefers the money. I understand that. You but do understand that Tom miss, Wilson got refunded for the games that he missed, right? That's what I'm saying, and I don't care about that. That's I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with him going from 20 down to 14 and the fact that he missed 16, okay, but still. I have a problem with that whole process of someone defending that. I have a problem with the league not enforcing a suspension on a useless, unnecessary play. That's the problem I have with it. I don't care. I understand. $9,000, and I understand under the current CBA that everyone always says you can only use the maximum allowable for unsportsmanlike conduct or whatever. I get that. I understand it. Which that's was made by the NHLPA. Correct. And that's when we said about That's what we said. And, of course, the players are like, yes, good. We only have to pay $9,000 for driving a guy down to the ice. That's whatever. There should have been a suspension on that. I don't care if he got refunded for it later on, if there's an arbitrator or whatever. Whatever. You get your money back? Great. I don't care. Make him sit for five games. For me, that's a higher penalty. For the player, maybe not so much. But for the team's success, if he's out five games, I don't know whether or not it makes a difference. I don't know. But that's worth more than losing money. That's just my opinion. I think you need to find something else to complain about than the league. Well, until, and once the league gives me nothing to complain about, I'll find something different. But I, they always do something that it, it's not surprising a, anymore. Yeah. It sucks that it's not you're, surprising. But here's the thing, though. You're you're this hockey fan where there's always something to complain about. Even when even if the NHL were, were to do something great for like 20 different... They did 20 great things and they did one bad mistake. You'd still roast them and say the league sucks for this one reason, even though they do 20 good things. I'd like to think of 20 good things. I'm trying to think about it right now. I mean, the Global Series was kind of cool. Global Series was cool. The fact that they finally put in uh, O'Ree into the Hall of Fame. Well, that wasn't the league, though. Okay, but you have to admit that the league has a big part in it. There's a selection committee for a reason, Alex. Just because Bill Daly's a part of it. but that's, uh, It's just... It's little things like this, Alex, that irk me. You know the little things always irk me. Well, I know that. And I think, I'm very type A constipated about this kind of thing. I know, and I think you got to stick up your butt, and I think sometimes you just need to relax. I think you need to... Th- I try to relax. But when I see players, I, when I see I players think, getting risked like this, Alex, and then I think only you get need a better job. Dollars. I think you need to find a better job because it's stressing you out too much. You need to think on the brighter side. You're right. I need to quit maybe, my job. I need to quit my job right now. Maybe, maybe it wasn't. Maybe Marisi didn't mean to, and it, it was an accident. Took him down. We don't make heart. mistakes. We just make happy accidents. Except for this one, wasn't so happy. No, it was neither, kind of and neither is this fight. We had a fight. Argument. Ah, yes. Playful discussion. A playful, audible discussion. Hopefully no one called the cops an, this time. An us. audible discussion? 
an audible discussion. Very, very. What you think audible. we're just gonna have the microphones up to next to our faces and we're just gonna text about it? <laughs> no, I mean audible, like very loud, very audible. Okay, bud. I think you need to sleep because you look tired. Let's play ten thirty tonight. Here we go. I'm gonna make it this time. Yeah, I made it through two periods last game. I think that no, this is the problem. This is why you don't like Marisi so much. It's it's because it's, I'm not getting enough sleep. That's be, the it's, reason why. It's because the Leafs are on a West Coast Tilly boys. They're it's it's the Death Valley road trip. And trust me, hey, uh, when do they go out to the mountains? When they get Arizona, Vegas, and uh, Colorado? Yeah, you're gonna the be two sick. road trips a year. The two road trips a year where you just get cranky. Because even the Alberta trip's not that bad. Well, yeah, it's two teams. No, well, Vancouver. That's not. Oh, no, this year, no, this year it's it's uh, Vancouver and Calgary during the week, and then Edmonton's the Saturday night seven o'clock odd game. Because remember how but they always Vancouver's played. not in Alberta. No, the west, the Western Canada trip is what I'm trying to say. Okay, that makes more sense. But going to Alberta's not as bad because like eight or nine o'clock or nine o'clock games. But now this year Edmonton gets a Saturday night game, which means they have to play at it would be. Five o'clock, because remember they had to play with Vancouver. They'd play at four o'clock over in Vancouver. It's an early dinner game. Uh, well, it's annoying for them. Like we don't like playing four o'clock on the Saturdays. Well, prime time, buddy. You want the money? Uh, yes. Okay. Shut up. Yeah, exactly. That's why Edmonton's getting the five. Well, five o'clock now. Because do you want to pay for the Olympics or what? Sit down. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, Calgary. Do you want to get on Hockey Night Canada against the Leafs uh, at home? Well, you gotta get a new arena. Uh, <laughs> you gotta get a new arena. You gotta get a new arena and play at five o'clock. Because apparently, Bettman determines when the Hockey Night in Canada schedule is. I'm just saying, when's the last time you ever saw Phoenix play on Hockey Night in Canada against the Leafs? That makes no sense. Why would you have the Why would you have the Phoenix Coyotes play? No, on it's because it's always Canada. like the rivalries and the Canadian matchups on Hockey Night in Canada. That's always thing. Well, yeah, it's Hockey Night. It's always in- Ottawa, Montreal, and Boston playing Toronto, Detroit, uh, Chicago gets one. Washington always gets one. Pittsburgh gets two, one or two. Um, Canadian teams, original six teams, and teams that have won the cup in the past ten years. And yes. Really, really good teams. Elite teams. Yes. The elite. Yes. Like, you'll never see Minnesota and Toronto play on Hockey Night in Canada. Yeah. Duh. Unfortunately. Because that'd be kind of a cool game to watch. Here's um, the thing, though. That doesn't... Minnesota versus Toronto does not make money. Now and like you, you gotta think of it as a business. Asked, Tyler. If you asked me three years ago, three or four years ago, Winnipeg versus Toronto, that eh, Tuesday night game. Now Wednesday night primetime hockey game in the states and hockey night Canada yeah, in the it's same a, week because it's a big game. Exactly now it is. If Phoenix started, if Phoenix was the Jeremy Roenick, Arizona. Keith Kachuk, no, well, no, I'm saying like back then, like the Jeremy Roenick, Keith Kachuk, Phoenix took on the Leafs. That could be a Saturday night game, late '90s teams. Yeah, not anymore though, obviously, but. Yep, we probably, yeah, we got to yeah. see it's about 9 o'clock now. It's 8.52, uh, come on now. I said almost 9 o'clock. Hour and a half till puck drop. Here we go. I got the day off tomorrow. Sleep in. Same. Well, I'm not going to sleep in because I have to go into work and grab my check, and then I get to go go do band all weekend. Yay for you. Yay. I got a game tomorrow night, off Saturday, off Sunday. Oh, I'm going to look like an angsty Preteen girl with how much my symbols are going to cut my arms. It's going to be awful. Ooh, that's pretty bad. Yeah. And on that bombshell, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. As always, Alex Keel alongside me, ins- insider to the insiders, Tyler Keel. Oh, uh, what? What? I'm writing an article. What now? I'm writing an article. Should mention this. 
Remember how John talking about John Stevens and Joel Quinville getting fired, new coach coming in? We're going to talk about coaches that actually uh, replaced fired coaches in the middle of the season and actually paid off for the team. That'll be my new article this week. Yeah. On holdthepucks.wordpress.com. Hold the pucks. One of the best blogs out there. Not I'm really. already yawning. <laughs> Not really. Shut up. Uh, for good hockey blogs, though, go to Mayor's Manor. That actually got, he, John, he knows what he's doing. I don't, <laughs> I'm just happy to be it's here. It's a weird name. John Hoven? No. Oh, well, Mayor's well Manor. yeah. Mayor's Manor. What is that? Hoven? Well, he, he's, they, that call, they call him, uh, his, the, he got the nickname because his inner circle calls him Mayor because he, the way he's a very highly touted leader. And he's called it Mayor's Manor. Hmm. Interesting. A, clever name. Clever. Hmm. Not like the end of this podcast. No. This one's dying. This one's dying a slow and painful death. Unfortunately, my throat's going with it. Thanks to you. I mean, I would tell you something to not have a sore throat there, bud, but... And goodbye, everybody. See you next time.